Bearcat Bounce Podcast. Back at it again. Happy Monday, guys. Happy Labor Day Monday. Labor Day weekend show Monday. Shouts to Jimmy Buffett. Condolences there. But the Monday following a successful opening week for the Bearcat football team. Coach Scott Satterfield hit on literally all cylinders. Emory Jones turning faces left and right. The wide receivers, the defense, the running backs. It's all big time, man. EKU, though, yeah, we'll dive completely into that. And happy Monday also following a huge visit day for both football and basketball. We'll dive in a little bit on that. And also a Monday, of course, where I get to bring in my guys. We, we are full strength today on this Labor Day Monday night pod. That's right. Without further ado, my guys, Aaron Smith, Chad Brendel, Ryan Royer. Gentlemen, one and oh, how are we? I was sick all weekend, so I didn't even get to go to the game. Oh, <laughs> I I had a fever. Yes, you did. And the only prescription was a Bearcats win. So only, only uh, prescription was more Emory Jones passing touchdowns, right? But but in all seriousness, <laughs> I, I felt like dog shit all weekend. Yeah. So I'm I'm glad to be feeling a little bit better here today. You look terrible. If that makes you feel any better, I mean I. I I'm not 100%. I think you look cleaned up. This is going to be your flu game. You know, the, the Aaron Smith flu game. It's, it's going to be a big one out of you tonight. I feel Whatever it. Whatever you say. I feel it. Royer, how are we, sir? Good. I was up at Lake Erie. Um, had a nice little last boating weekend. Uh, went up with the girlfriend and her family. It was fun. Um, just got back today. Had to get back for the show, you know. Um, hey, got, to, got to watch the game, got to watch a lot of college football, man. It just, just feels like a, like you're a kid again, just getting to watch all the football. I haven't felt this excited, uh, just for football in general in a while. I don't know. Right. Right. It just feels when you are away from the game for two years, mm-hmm. kind of, now you really have something to look forward to, especially with the Bearcats, um, Bear, Bearcats being back, a lot of excitement, a lot of, you know, uneasiness. And I think some of that was slightly put to rest um saturday so Mm -hmm. i'm excited to talk about it or or at least started to put to rest right but uh yeah yeah. i'm out of the woods yet man right the i tell you what this off season for football felt like it was longer than most off seasons i don't know what it was it just felt like it took forever and now that it's back I, i i find myself really struggling to control my composure but uh I mean, even yesterday, dude, just having games all throughout the day. Got, got to see old Ben Bryant, I, sadly, and, you know, didn't didn't pull that one out. But still, Ooh, they're bad. Uh, they, they, they are not very good at all. They're Gavin bad. Gavin Wimsat, a big uh, former Bearcat recruit, but still, I, they're bad. But, uh, Chad, how are we, man? I'm good. I was waiting on Kelsey to get done making a smoothie in the other room. She decided, you know, <laughs> right, right as soon as we hit record. was Fire up to- the... A blender. Where you got strawberry banana, strawberry pineapple. Ooh. Oh. Strawberry banana with yogurt, orange juice, and protein powder. There you go. Strawberry I'm banana, orange juice, at first. <laughs> protein powder, and a pierogi uh, powder in there. Yeah, pierogi powder. <laughs> start, start she, she doesn't. She doesn't know what pierogies are. So. No, no, no Polish in your family, huh? Come on now. No, I haven't done pierogies. Okay. Okay. Pierogies are delicious. I just delicious. haven't ever done them. 
that Fair ripple food. wine bar over in Kentucky, um, great food by the way. But their pierogies are really good. Shrimp and grits, one of the best, one of my favorite dishes I've had in the city. It was really oh. good. No free ads. No free ads. Shout out Ripple, man. They're on the other side of the river, though. Yeah. The right side. God's country. Hey, now. Hey, now. Golly, golly days. Yeah. It, you know, talking about it, sometimes you get over to the river, you know, over the river, you have to drive on the, on, you know, one of the bridges, obviously. And gosh, could, could you imagine wanting to go to Ripple? Wanting to eat the shrimp and grits, wanting to have some tasty pierogies, and and you go to start the car, and it it's got a little bit of a little bit of a putter to it, a little little, you know, not really giving you what you want. Guess what? Head over to Danco Joe, Danco Transmission and Auto Care. Get get the quick fix. Get yourself revved up. Get the change. Go to Danco Joe before you head out to Pittsburgh for this upcoming game this weekend. Go to Dan Cojo. Tell him that Chad, Aaron, Ryan sent you. Mention the BBP. Mention BCJ. Get yourself 10, 10% off your next service or $10 off an oil change. So I tell you what, Dan Cojo is the man. Got to love him. Dan Co Transmission and Auto Care. Boom. But, uh, yeah, man. Speaking I already of had Ed, to put Ed, Ed into timeout three minutes into the show. <laughs> what's, uh, what's, Ed, what's Ed what saying? What he just Apparently he won't shut up about Deion Sanders. Like, go to a Colorado um, podcast. I, go ahead. He's banned every week, I think. I I mean, hey, that, that's what the rest of the college football world is talking about. It, you know, it's funny. they All these other podcasts and, and shows and stuff open up. They're like, yes, we are going to talk about it. And the, it is being the Colorado game. So, sure, Ed, I'm sure we'll probably get to that later. But Probably you know, not. Yeah, it, I don't have anything to say about it. I mean, just a light touch. It, it's it's Big I Twelve. Like it. It's Big Twelve it's, talk. It's good for the game. It's Big Twelve talk. Um, uh, yeah, but it doesn't have anything to do with yeah. this podcast. Kept yeah. receipts. Kept receipts. You know. But uh, anyway, uh, one one thing that was a well-oiled machine. One we thing can put that, you in timeout too. You know. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, it's a. It is. That's a content producer for those national shows, but. <laughs> Like I said, this is uh, this is this is a well-oiled machine that we were able to witness a a, a vehicle, high-velocity vehicle that looked like it had just gotten out of Danco transmission and auto care and had all the fixings, got ten percent off all of it, and then said, you know what, I don't need the ten percent. We're gonna go put on an absolute show inside of a packed Nippert Stadium. Sixty-six points for the Bearcats this past weekend. Only 13 for EKU, so that is a uh, what we call a blowout, you know, drubbing, a manhandling, if you will. Most points scored by Bearcats team since 2013 against Northwestern State, ironically, was year one for Coach Tommy Tuberville. So something about the year ones of uh, coming out and, and putting on a show against a lesser opponent. Um, Cincinnati right now. Fifth in the country in total yards, total offense this past weekend, 667 total yards. Shouts to Barry Jackson to put them up to that crazy amount. Uh, you know, before we continue diving, I got to say, I called him the lunch lady today. Everybody was eating. That is a quote from Xavier Henderson about Emory Jones. Man, the quarterback was something special. Aaron, you have yet been able to talk about the game. You were able to watch the game, even though you were feeling a little sick. Uh, 
gosh, just initial takeaway, initial thoughts on everything, and obviously we'll we'll break it down more nuts and bolts after that. I'd like to say that I was feel like I was pretty spot on with my assessment of Xavier Henderson in saying that he was going to be Emory Jones' comfort blanket because initially that's exactly how it looked. Yeah. And then Emory Jones looked like he felt comfortable and he spread mm-hmm. the ball around to everyone. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. So uh, it also doesn't hurt that Emory Jones separates from everybody at the end of his route and was wide open for a deep touchdown to just set the tone for the entire day. Yeah, I, you know, I let's let's talk about that, Chad. You kind of mentioned a little bit in the nightcap um, that that fourth and five. Uh, you know, someone changed would say, everything. Yeah, it set would, the tone for everything. Someone would say a previous regime might have, you know, sent out the best punter in the country and and you know, pinned him pinned him deep and and then just let the defense go out. But then guess what happens after that? You might only score seven points in the first quarter, or you might right. you, you might get ten, maybe fourteen, but. No, they it go set the for tone. it. It yeah. absolutely set the tone for everything that happened after. I mean, oh yeah, you know that. Like if you look back at that first drive, like Kiner had a couple of short runs, like one two yard runs, mm-hmm. where they had to kind of pick things up on third down to to get the ball moving. Right, and then I believe you had a penalty that pushed them back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get to that fourth and five, and it's easy right there to just send out the punt team mid midfield fourth and five early in the game. Not only did they go for it, but they go over the top. Yeah. And, I mean, the thing about that that route that was fun for me and that perspective in that end zone watching it, as you could tell when Xavier Henderson, Xavier Henderson, like, spotted it, he realized, I better get moving. Like, yeah. I, I got to go get this one. And he hit the gas and dropped it right in the bucket. I mean, mm-hmm. it was a, a thing of perfection. And all of a sudden, then you could see the confidence just skyrocketed from everybody. Like, oh, they can't. They can't guard us. Like, they, right. they can't stop us. Like, right. let's go. I, you know, Ryan, were you about to add something in there? I was just saying there was no hesitation, which I love, because that makes you know. It, they, they had to have known going into the game, like, we are going for it on fourth down and on plus side, like plus 40 and in, and as long as it's a reasonable distance. So I kind of like that aggressiveness kind of written into the, the game plan. Yeah. And not only that, but they're saying like, we're not going to cut some plays out of the playbook where if we want to hit a deep ball, we're going to go for it. <clears throat> and it was perfectly executed. Um, like I said, I, I agree with you guys saying the uh, confidence kind of skyrocketing from there. You definitely felt kind of like, like yeah we we got this like emery was dialed up he was ready to go um i i love the call i love the kind of little coyones from satterfield start the game so yeah i was really impressed yeah i mean it it like like chad said like like you said it it did set the tone and it it, it told the team truly like hey you know let's go out here and just show what we've done and i that that connection is something that we're going to see a lot more. Shouts to Aaron; he was the one that was kind of all over that, you know, really dubbing Xavier Anderson as as the wideout to watch. But still, I mean, the ball was spread around a lot. What was it? Six different wide receivers hauled in a touchdown or, or tight end as well. Um, so it's it's big time. I, you know that that that's spreading the wealth. That's keeping everyone quote unquote happy. That's that's really having a high 
functioning offense. And I, the offense in general is just so refreshing to see. You know, the the, the pre-snap motions to kind of kind of see what the defenses are set with. You know, you've got wide receivers in the backfield. You've got option plays with wide receivers. You've got numerous different running backs. The first three series had three different running backs, one right after the other. Obviously, Corey Kiner ended up being the quote-unquote bell cow, if you will, 13 total carries, 105 yards, one off from his career high. was really hoping that he would be able to eclipse the career high, but he, he did not. Um, but, yeah, it, it just – everything was really, really flowing well. Uh, but we got to talk about Emory. You know, obviously, first game, you playing against an FCS team, I, I guess grain of salt is something to mention. But he's a guy that had – only four four incompletions. He had and tied the record. If he holds the ball, if he holds the ball one second longer on that Evan Prater across the back of the end zone, yeah, it's a touchdown. Right, right. Like he just had to wait one more second for Evan to clear the linebacker, and it's an easy mm-hmm. throw for a touchdown. Yeah, I I mean it's he had of course um, as we mentioned it was it was seven total touchdowns. That's the Ties the uh, school record for most total touchdowns in a single game. Three, 345 passing yards, which puts him, I believe it is seventh in the country in, uh, in yards per game. Obviously, there have been some teams that have played two games. Uh, he had nine carries for 26 yards, lost 10 yards on sacks. So he had 36 roughly, but obviously the sack yardage comes out. And the two rushing touchdowns, and the one was an absolute Houdini of a touchdown where he just – Felt the pressure, was able to escape, and got into the end zone. And uh, that's something refreshing to have on the team. Uh, is is that's I, a difference I think, maker? Yeah, that's I, that's a game breaking, game winning type of difference, in my opinion. Yeah, that uh, I don't mean to butt in. I just think no, it's a right. good time. I I was telling you guys before we started that 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 Emory is way more dynamic in the pocket, running with the ball than Des was. And that's saying something because Des was a big, big, big threat for us on offense, scrambling. Mm-hmm. But never did we see Des doing spin moves. Did we see Des stopping on a dime while scrambling seven yards behind the line of scrimmage and then find his way into the end zone? Um, and I, frankly, I thought Emery was throwing the ball better than than Des was, was too. I mean, granted, like not a lot of pressure. Not the I think EKU's secondary was horrific. Um, Which is but, weird because they they have mostly the same secondary that was good last year. Yeah, I just don't think. Look, I, I don't think you realize until you see it up close. This receiving core is big and fast. Yeah. Like you're, you're not dealing some with cues back there. I mean, whenever a yeah. guy's like multiple times, you have a guy wide open. who's twenty yards open. That's just bad bad execution. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, oh. but they were open, and Emery was throwing them open. Emery was intermediate. He was the the twelve to fifteen. He was the right on the money on the out routes, right at the sticks. He was throwing on the move. He was hitting the deep ball. I mean, he, literally everything. It, it was a just perfect performance. It was textbook what you want from your quarterback. And I'm excited for that momentum heading in a pit. I think that's exactly what he needed to get his uh, get going on the right step here, being a Bearcat. You know, I, nothing against Ben Bryant. Obviously, he you know he was great for Cincinnati uh, during his time here, 
I think in today's college game, you have to have a dual threat quarterback. Uh, it's just, it's an absolute game changer. You know, it, when things break down, having the ability to, you know, create, having the ability to get out of the pocket, having the ability to run the football. Um, it, it's just a weapon that you, I mean, you watch all the college games throughout the entire weekend and, and the, the teams that look like they know what they're doing the best do have a quarterback with a dual threat ability. And it just adds so much ripples to what the offense can do. And I mean, Emory looked comfortable and, you know, I think there was like maybe one design run for him, but outside of that, it was, everything was kind of, you know, in the flow of things and no one's open. Let's, you know, let's go. Uh, had the QB sneak, obviously shouts to Jason Kelsey on that. Um, that resulted in a touchdown, but yeah, I, I agree. Emory is, he looked every bit as good as the, the, the ceiling talk that we were mentioning before. Um, I mean, it was, it was quite impressive to watch and he's fourth in the country in QBR right now. Um, just simply looking great. Uh, Chad thoughts anymore on, on Emory. Is it, is it what you had been seeing all throughout fall camp was, and we're just building that connection with all the wide receivers. And yeah, I mean, we talked about it. Like I, I really thought there was only two days where I didn't think he was good. Right. Like he, you know, there were varying levels of good, mm-hmm. but you know, there was a day where, you know, it rained pretty much the entire practice and there were, you know, the ball was just going through guys' hands. They, they didn't, they didn't handle the slickness of the football real well. Yeah. Um, and then there was a day he was off, but mm-hmm. the other 12 days or whatever it was that we were there, he looked pretty locked in, you know, there, there was the occasional miss throw, but it's practice. You're, you're not, right. you're not going to hit every throw. Yeah. When you're throwing 200 balls of practice or whatever. True. Um, but you could tell he was in rhythm. You could tell he was building with each of these different guys. And you could tell, I mean, that was the first 10 days of camp. Every day we talked about, wait, these wide receivers aren't like this. Didn't they stop gap group until they get their guys in here. Right. Um, and then I want to get this in now early. Yeah. Like I put it at the top of Rendell's bites. Mm-hmm. Jack, Zach, Cass, the entire recruiting department. Yeah. Carter, like incredible work. Shouts so that the holes were filled like Mm -hmm. and that's you know we talked about we've talked about this a lot uh with basketball but it it applies here too they didn't go out and get middle of the roster guys bottom of the roster guys they went out and got top of the roster guys at positions that they desperately if they didn't get top of the roster guys they weren't going to be able to move the football right like they they, they weren't going to be able to make plays and when you look at it like they look like power five, size, speed, hands, high level, like wide receiver types. And guess what? That makes life a hell of a lot easier for Emory Jones. We didn't even see Shaman Mateer. I don't right. know that he got targeted. Like, right. like, and we thought if you go back to spring, it was like, well, they're gonna have to throw the ball to Shaman like 15 yeah. times a game, or they're not right. gonna be able to do anything. But what the like in terms of evaluation identification on who you could have some traction with going out getting these guys on campus getting them in the system and bought in like i i just think the the 
and it, you know, I guess it's still called the, the recruiting department, but for me, it is now the talent acquisition department Yeah, because it's not just recruiting anymore. You're, you're not just going out and, and finding out like, Oh, whose mom likes Cincinnati? Like, no, you're like, you're going out and figuring out how much is it going to cost? How are they going to fit? Mm-hmm. What was their personality like at their previous school? Like it, you're, you're dealing with, NFL free agency type stuff. And from all appearances from the start of camp through Saturday, they have absolutely destroyed Dan Greshick and Jordan Young and Mm -hmm. all the wide receivers and Emory Jones and Luke Kandra. Like they went out and did work. And I think that needs to be recognized and applauded. Uh, above and beyond all the stuff that, that we're talking about with the, the players. Absolutely. I, and I mean, you can just see the, the, the evidence is there that, you know, these guys not only were brought in, but they immediately bought in. And you, you hear Braden Smith talk to Dan Horde about how, you know, he's, he loves the coaching staff and, and he was going to follow, you know, coach sat no matter what immediately after he, moved on you you see Xavier Henderson mentioned how everyone in the locker room has this this feeling you know this this unity feeling this they're they're all in they're all trying to figure out how to succeed together and they're they're all bought in I I mean it's just I I said it earlier maybe a couple months ago but these there are some high level prospects that are on the team right now coming out of high school that that were highly rated and that a lot of the big, big name schools are all after, you know, there's a thing in baseball and, and Chad, you know, this Aaron, you know, this Ryan, I don't know how much of a baseball fan you are. Yeah. You're a big baseball fan, but it's the, it's the post hype prospects, you know, the guys who come out and, you know, they might struggle a little bit out of the gates or there might be some adversity here or there, but then all of a sudden they get in a good situation and a good, you know, atmosphere and they are able to show their talent that they have. I, I mean, Xavier Henderson is, Example 1A, I know it's just been one game, but he seems like he's very comfortable, very confident. I mean, the way he catches the football, I, I was trying to think of, an, of a way to say it, but he, you know, he just just snatches it out of the air. He's, he just, it's impressive. And you just see the talent. He's got the man running. hands. He's got the man hands, man. So I, I don't know. You put highly talented players on the team in a situation that's great with a coaching staff that believes in them and pushes them. I, I mean, it's just it, – it's a fun sight to see. Um, I, I don't know. It's – obviously, Pitt will be a lot telling, but Vegas put the over the, put the spread for the EKU game, 21 and a half. So, the feeling was still unknown, you know. The feeling was still a little down. The feeling was still 13th in the Big 12, over under five and a half wins. 21 and a half. That's that, – they obliterated that spread. Yeah. I, I mean, I, mean I guess 29 and a half. Like, yeah. Right. I I mean, I don't think there's probably a, another game out there that obliterated the spread as much as Cincinnati did. Um, I mean, you see these these other teams putting up big stats, but those are all top 25 teams. You know, Oregon, Kansas State, you know, Oklahoma. Right. Oklahoma. right. Yeah. <laughs> those are all top 25 teams. This Mr. Cincinnati. Gabriel. Yeah. He looks good. <laughs> that whole <laughs> he, he's he's the highest rated quarterback after uh in the Big 12 after week one, but it is what it is. Um 
But yeah, I don't know. I just think the receivers are extremely impressive. You know, Peyton Singletary, a touchdown you mentioned, you know, obviously Shaman and Henderson in the in the press conference mentioned Shaman. He's like, we didn't really get to see Shaman out there yet. So I, it's just, it is extremely impressive. Aaron, anything? One thing to, I, I like, oh, one thing I didn't think we hit on with Emery that I think also kind of got opened up that I really like was like the speed option slash triple option with the motion from a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. That is a great rendition to the run game and just the overall attack of the offense that we haven't seen. God, do you remember every time we tried to run speed option with Dez, what yeah. would happen? Well, was, the the monstrosity. Yeah. But army, now, the army. Yeah. Game. Yeah. Now, now we're running in with a, the slot wide receiver doing a triple. I love that because that's a whole nother thing. The def- you know how much time you have to spend on with the defense to like replicate that and practice and, and game plan for it. Cause dude, the thing about the triple and the speed option, you see it with Navy, but they can't run it that style, which I like that style with our offense way more because more dynamic, more space, but you're just exposing these safeties and these DNs with positions they're not normally used to being in. And you're doing it with Emory Jones, Corey Kiner, and whichever one of our slot receivers they want to throw in there, which is not an easy task. So I really like that showing that on film for Pitt too and executing it well. I think that's going to be huge for our offense. I hope we utilize that next week because I think it's a huge, I think it can be, and I think it'll be a, a really big step forward for our offense and trying to get some extra yards next week. Yeah. I, Aaron Turner. I mean, like Braden Smith is kind of the, like was supposed to be kind of the gadget guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's thrown a couple passes at Louisville and, and like he had that reputation of like, he was going to kind of be the, the, you know, the trick guy. And then all of a sudden they use him like as a traditional slot and Aaron Turner is everywhere. Yeah. They're jet sweep, tossing them, you know, jet sweeps and getting always them outside of the sprint option. And he's mm-hmm. always in mode. Like we saw more motion yesterday or Saturday than we saw what Ryan in four or five years. Yeah, but, you know, if you don't count motioning the tight end across. <laughs> right. Like, that was the only motion we ever got. It was yeah. like, okay, uh, we're just – we're switching the strong side. The strong side's going from here to here. Mm-hmm. But receiver motion, slot motion, backed motion, like, they do a lot of stuff pre-snap that, that makes defenses uncomfortable. Yeah, it, well, and, and also bringing up, you know, this the option play that they had with, with Turner – I mean, just think about that. You you put that on tape, like you mentioned, for Pitt. And then you also ha- now have the ability to run some sort of like a counterplay with that motion. Yeah. So all of a sudden they're thinking this is coming. And then all of a sudden Emery steps back and has an open receiver on the, you know, on the other side. It just You could just see how much Satterfield is just really locked in on just setting things up throughout the course of a game. You know, it, it just – it's very cool schematically seeing it. And maybe Emery's just the perfect quarterback that he's always wanted to have. And, I mean, he ran it to perfection on, on, on Saturday. Did you guys notice a change in the scheme, really, from Louisville? I feel like I didn't see a ton of straight-up outside zone, um, at least not as much as I was expecting. I wonder if – I wondered that during the game. It was more actually – they ran some outside zone with Miles when Miles mm-hmm. was in. Yeah. I thought a lot of the Corey stuff was inside. So. Yeah. Yeah. 
and he did well um, with it. And then they had this the, the speed option, like I was talking about. I guess you can yeah. kind of consider more lateral run. Did they but run their option was, stuff at all at Louisville? I don't think. Or did they run it with Braden? They did, bit? yeah. And well, and then they also had the play where then they would pitch it to Braden, and then he would step back and throw it and throw it. Yeah, yeah. So. That was kind of where Braden got his pass attempts. But, yeah, they they ran it. But I think Turner's probably the like a gadget guy that they're like, this is pretty much a running back. we got to get the ball in his hands any way possible. I mean, I said it the first day we saw him. That he looked – he's built like a running back. Yeah. He plays sure. slot receiver, but he is not built like a slot receiver. Like, he doesn't look anything like Braden, Trey – you know, a lot of the guys yeah. like he he has those like broader shoulders and like mm-hmm. that kind of thicker upper body where he looks like a running back that just has great hands and runs great routes. Yeah, he does. And I I tell you what, I'm imagining what it would be like with Trey Tucker, Tyler Scott, and the Satterfield offense. Man, that would be uh, wow. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I. I also like the quick hitches that they run to the wide receivers, just getting the ball out to them in space, having them, you know, make one guy miss and then turn the ball upfield. It just, I don't know. Emery was dialed in, you know, we mentioned the Braden Smith touchdown. He, he was in that backfield for, for a while, just sitting in the pocket, you know, and then all of a sudden turned over and saw a wide open Braden Smith and, and flung it over there, got, got hit pretty hard as he released it, but, Braden Smith caught it, went upfield, and, and scored a touchdown. Man, it was uh, it was about as good as a uh, opening game on the offensive side that you can imagine. Um, I don't like. Yes, it's EKU line. Yeah, line looked good. And anytime they slipped up, Emery kind of bought them out, except for yeah, that one strip right. sack. Yeah, um, I'm gonna talk about his dynamic running in the pocket, but I mean, all those other throws, most of the time he was had all the time to make the throw and he just did. Right. So shout out the O line, man. Getting some stuff figured out. Looked a lot better than last awesome. year. I, like I kinda I don't think my stance has changed. I feel really good about the interior of that line. Mm-hmm. The tackles we're gonna find out a lot more on Saturday at six thirty. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I was gonna say that EKU's D line is nowhere near the caliber of Pitt. Um Pitt kind of prides itself on defense and having good ass D linemen a good front seven, um, and that's really going to get put to test um, coming up on a Saturday. Because, you know, Narduzzi, he's a defensive guy, and mm-hmm. he's going to have those – they always have a really solid front seven. Yeah. Um, then you'll kind of really see. So, I'm a little nervous. Yeah, that's, that's their thing. <laughs> like, they get after you yeah. with their front seven. Their fit, I mean, we'll get to plenty of pit, I'm sure, a little bit today and then as we go through the week. But – they're physical. Like they, they want to hit you right in the face. Mm-hmm. They don't want to hit you in the mouth. They want to hit you in the face, the whole face. Yeah. Yeah. Stemming from that Mark D'Antonio kind of yeah. psychopath football tree. <laughs> yeah. I some of the stories that, that Nico says about that is pretty funny. But um, you know, I yeah, and and funny mentioned Pitt and defense, one of their Leading tacklers this past weekend was uh, was former Cincinnati recruit uh, Bengali Kamara. Chad, you remember that name? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it'll be it'll be fun, kind of seeing who's who's out there, how how they're going to do. I, obviously, we'll we'll touch on Pitt a little bit more, but I'm not not quite ready to move on from the old the old Bearcat game against the KU past weekend. Uh, 
Aaron, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you back in running back wise. Um, obviously, Kiner getting his second, you know, hundred plus yard performance of his career. He looked good. He had a crazy hurdle that was mm-hmm. wild, unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, Chad, I was I was thinking about asking, but I was like, like during the press conference because I don't really ever ask questions, but I was like. Wanted to ask him, hey, what are your thought? Like, what were you thinking when you did that hurdle? But I was like, maybe that would have come off as like I was like questioning it. But it was a uh, impressive nonetheless. Um, maybe gain an extra yard or two. But uh, as far as running backs are shaking out, Aaron, your 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 thoughts because it looks like it's a it's that four headed monster that we were mentioning heading into the, into uh, the year. Yeah, I mean Ryan Montgomery, uh, he did great catching the ball out of the backfield. Um, probably more so than he did running, in my opinion. Beautiful um, one-handed snag. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and definitely liked seeing some of that. Uh, Miles, as we said, is going to thrive in this offense. I think he averaged, what, 6'2", six, 6'1", six, a carry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just Corey got hot, so they, they went to Corey a little bit more. Right. Um, Corey, as we talked about, does not have the home run capability that Miles has. And we saw him get a little gassed on that run. Um, but it was still an impressive run nonetheless. Uh, yeah. But if he was able to put it into that next gear, that's six. Instead, it just ended up being a fantastic run. Nothing wrong with that. It's just a difference. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you, you certainly have some different weapons, different style weapons at your disposal as you're Scott Satterfield, and you have to be happy the way all of them showed, even Ethan Wright getting out there and um, putting some stuff on tape. I mean, he didn't do anything that really – I don't remember any of his runs, if I'm being completely honest at this point. Like, I, I nothing stands off the page, um, but that's also not a bad thing. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, Ethan obviously was was it, he was in and out of practices during fall camp, but fully back healthy. I bet some right. some defenses are going to hate to see Ethan Wright barreling through when it, you know it's third quarter, fourth quarter. They're starting to get tired. And there's Ethan Wright just lowering lowering his shoulders and and gaining tough yardage. I I mean it's gonna be interesting to see because uh, obviously Miles we mentioned it the entire offseason. He looks like he's got a little bit of that it factor, but man, Corey Corey looked like he was fresh. Looks like he's ready to have a uh, a statement season as well. well he he did the thing that you have to do in this offense. Is he mm-hmm. saw the hole, attacked it, and next yep. thing you know. There's nobody around, and you're just running until they catch you, or right. if they catch you. Like that's Royer could have hit that hole and gained 35 yards today. Yeah, sneaky. Fan. I was standing white. I was standing right behind it. There was five yard. They were five yards clear of him on both sides. Yeah, and he just straight through it. 54 yards. That was a. Yeah, that's not a knock on Corey. That's just that's this offense. Like that's yeah. what this offense wants to do is create that one gap, the running back to identify it, mm-hmm. explode through it, and run until you're caught. Yeah. I mean, Corey's got some like uh, you know Mike Warren to him, and then Miles has a little bit of that drone forward to him. You know that mm-hmm. that that year kind of you know when it was Dokes and and Ford. You know, kind of. I mean. That would have been a touchdown run if they handed it off to 26. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, but wouldn't have been still on the field for that that crazy hurdle. But uh Royer, <laughs> it was it was an impressive game for uh 
for Corey Connor, who yet again, an extremely highly rated prospect coming out of high school and a guy who looks like he's ready to flourish in a, in a system that he, you know, highly recruited by Louisville, loved Louisville. And uh, now all of a sudden he's connected with, with Satterfield here in Cincy. Yeah. Uh, to start the game, you know, I, I was kind of like, damn, I just want more from Kiner. Like I'm still waiting on it to break out. And then you had miles come in there and you kind of felt like that the dynamic ability kind of rise when you had him in the game. Mm -hmm. I think Corey just reached that gear uh, end of the first half, right in the, in the second half of like, this is the Corey Kiner that we should expect. Yeah. I think I've talked to a lot. I talked to a lot of guys after the game today. Cause I was like, you know, uh, yeah, caught up with some of the guys after the game today, yesterday. And I was talking, I was like, why? Like, that's kind of what I expected out of Corey. Like, where was that last year? Like, he the holes weren't there. Hurt? Yeah. One, the holes weren't there. And two, I guess Cor- Corey just had a hard, harder time with the playbook last year coming in. He was injured and just getting on the same page, like with the quarterback and his responsibilities. But I think having this year, this offseason where he wasn't injured, he had, a whole another year to dive into the playbook and he was kind of really to just go play and go be the type of player we all knew he was what we saw of him at lsu uh so i think this is just the beginning for him kind of based on what i've seen based on what i've been told from some of the guys and and that's great because if he gets tired you got that same kind of pop probably more speed kind of pop coming in behind him on that run i was like damn i kind of miss seeing a jerome ford back there because that would have been gonzo but um, you know, it's, I still thought Corey did a great job and yeah. I'm, re- I'm really excited, especially the O-line kind of getting some things together. Hopefully that can progress. And that was with Gavin kind of at half speed, like Renosovich mm-hmm. yeah. played a lot at center. Yeah. So essentially you had 11 new starters for a good portion of the game. Crazy, man. <laughs> College football these days. I'll let you guys deal with that. Speaking of press conferences, uh, this is from Daryl Sides. Uh, speaking of press conferences, absolutely hilarious when Chad asked Sat if he lived under a rock. <laughs> well, Royal, he went to the cliche one. bag. He went to the, you know, one game that we play one game seasons and yeah. we drown out the outside noise. The coach speak bag, yeah. He went to the coach speak bag, so I thought that was a good, good time as any to find out what his, uh, you know, if he had – occupancy under a rock somewhere <laughs> um and he Speaking got it what? i think luke always i live under a rock i live under a rock i live under a rock oh like that was luke's <laughs> thing so i was yeah. like do you uh it's do you live under a rock <laughs> and, and he gave kind of a smile and he goes i don't know what you're talking about and just moved to the next question so he got it yeah there you go yeah I you know chad <sighs> The whole, like the whole living under the rock thing was always hilarious because, like, because you just knew. He always that. knew exactly what was going on. Right, like, right. Luke, Luke was a like, Luke had his finger on everything. That that mm-hmm. notion always that like, oh, I don't really know what's going on. I, you know, I'm, I just pay attention to come into work every day, and I don't know anything about where we're rated or ranked or what people are saying about us. Fuck out of here, man. Yeah, Come yeah. On. the college football playoff show every single yeah. week. He's like, oh, that was on tonight? I didn't even know. It's like, yeah. The only thing he lived under a rock about, I firmly believe he didn't get on social media. 
Like, I don't think he really messed with yeah, social he, media. Yeah, he did it. <laughs> As we he saw. Used to tell me he would sit up and go through my timeline at night to laugh at me yelling at people. As well, as as we he was saw on the, social media, the uh, counter sure. handle. Then, then I'm surprised that uh, is still still handling set accounts for. Uh, Pretty sure Chad Bowden ran his Twitter and Instagram. For well, so he, long. yeah, that's the, any post was from Chad yeah. for sure. Yeah, he, then, he seemed he seemed like a guy who needed to go to like Apple for classes on how to use his phone properly. Yeah, but, he knew so how to use the watch. You're always like. Well, they all <laughs> oh yeah, he was doing something. I don't know why. Oh, it's like like my parents talk on their Apple Watch. It's like <laughs> out there. I'm like, guys, just grab your phone out of your pocket. Come on, we're at a restaurant right now. Like, hey, oh yeah, uh, one second, one second. Um, <laughs> did they run more inside because the interior airline is better, or, or no? I, I just think that was. Eastern Kentucky couldn't stop it. So, like, you didn't have to show the whole bag of tricks in game one. Yeah. Because you were able to just run right at them and have your way with them. Yeah. Um, and it's a fine balance, you know, of what do you want to show? What do you want them to prep for? And what do you want to keep back? It's always like a, you tell the line of, let's give them a little, right. a little sneak peek of this, but we got different folds off of it. Mm-hmm. So, well, I thought they did a good job of, you know, throwing some stuff in there to make them prep. But I mean, still, I bet you there, I bet there's some good shit coming next week. Uh, well, you know, the, it also, when you uh, watch Pat Narduzzi's uh, press conference, he, he mentioned that he would have been a lot more, you know, concerned if, if, if Cincinnati was the week one opponent. Now he's happy to be able to have a game worth of tape to watch and to kind of understand what they're trying to do and who the personnel is. So, I mean, maybe a lot of it is just not showing your full hand on on that side of things. And, you know, it, I'm sure. Well, you heard Narduzzi say in his press conference today, like it looks different than yeah, right, than the what, way Satterfield right. ran the ball at Louisville. It's because they didn't run much of the outside stuff. Yep. Um, but it's it's in there. Like. <laughs> it's, it's coming. Right. But, yeah, I, that, that'll be a, a thrilling chess match. Narduzzi against Satterfield. They played twice, you know, when, when Satterfield was at, at Louisville. Uh, one and one Satterfield was in, in, in those two games. And, you know, one was last year. They, they kind of took it to Pitt a little bit. Uh, Pitt's got a better quarterback situation now and probably a better overall team. But still, um, they, yeah. they they know each other well. So that'll be, uh, that'll be something fun to dive into. Uh, I wanted to talk about uh, the defense now. Just you know, I, obviously we've we've been harping on the offense because they had fireworks, man. That was a really good offensive performance. Defense, they still played pretty doggone well too. Um, you know, I mentioned on the you know pod leading up to it last week. I was like, I I don't want the Colonels to gain a yard on the ground rushing, and for a while it was looking like that was going to be the case. Um, you know, a couple couple big drives by the Colonels. Obviously, eventually they were able to kind of get their footing. Um, you know, scoring thirteen points is you know that's, that's something that is to be expected with you know a pretty good FCS team, a team that went to the FCS playoffs last year, a team that is supposed to be pretty good this year, one of the best quarterbacks in the entire FCS. So um, I don't know. The, they were good on offense. Like, yeah. 
I, I thought Cincinnati did a, a really good job shutting them down and, and keeping him in check because it looked like they ran pretty good stuff. They, they gave, you know, mm-hmm. he, like we talked about was, was likely they got the ball out quick. They got it into space. I right. thought as Cincinnati adjusted, um, which is exactly what I talked about Wednesday on the preview show, like it's gonna, it's gonna get you a little bit early and then as the defense adjusts and understands where you're trying to go hot, where you're trying to go quick, then they should be able to kind of do a better job containing it. Um, you know, they had those two runs in the third quarter, late yeah. late third or early fourth, whatever it was. Yeah. This um, of that drive, yeah. But, I mean, that's a – like, they're running air raid on you, and they have been, and they're down 50 – and then they hit you with two runs up the gut. Like, yeah, I don't be surprised if your run fit isn't exactly what. And I'm interested to hear Royer's take on those two runs. I just didn't see the run fit where it was supposed to be because they have been throwing the ball constantly. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they bust two run plays that, that get blocked up well. Um, and they make a couple splashes. But I, it wasn't like it was something they were consistently managing to do all night like or all, all day whatever um i don't know I, I thought the defense was good i thought they were solid like we knew there weren't going to be a lot of opportunities for sacks because of eku's game plan you know they but they still brought the heat there were a bunch of tackles for loss seven and a half seven eight something like that whatever it was um i don't know how you end up with a half i don't think that's possible uh, I think it always ends up variant variable variables of one, but uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I thought you know I thought the defense was solid. I didn't think they needed to be spectacular, but they just needed to go out and complete their assignments. And outside of you know two or three plays, I thought they did. For whatever it's worth, the uh, running back who did break off a couple big ones um, that was actually Michael Carter's brother, uh, running back for the Jets. Um, I don't know if you guys knew that as you were there watching the game, but that was one of the things the broadcast mentioned. Um, so he at least comes by it honestly, right? Yeah, yeah. sure. Aaron, I I was hearing that uh, Ryan Leaf was was dumbfounded when he heard that we were picked thirteenth uh, in the Big Twelve. He was, but he was also dumbfounded that Washington State got no love and continued to tout that drum, uh, probably. 54 times throughout the broadcast. So I think that he's had some concussions. Washington State. No, he's, he's, had, he's had a drug problem that's ended up in prison. I wasn't I wasn't even trying to go there. I was just trying to, you know, the normal quarterback thing who said something stupid. But. Yeah, uh, seven tackles for loss, uh, three stacks. Um, yeah, obviously you want to see that number up a little bit. I, and and I can't believe they didn't give um, your boy Gilly uh, credit with the sack on that because I, you know the whole the whole five line thing. Yeah, it was. A did sack. he not get a sack on that? No, they gave no, him a they tackle gave for us loss. a tackle for loss. Who who decided that was a run? I don't know. The official scorer, whoever that is. Yeah, unreal. But uh, but yeah, I I mean you you saw obviously some. Some highlight names that we we mentioned coming into it. Pace it looks like he is going to be, a, pardon my pun here, as a star on this defense. Um, 
at the star position. Uh, I mean, a little punny. Um, but yeah, he. You're so punny. He he flew all over the field. Um, a little over aggressive at times, trying to you know come up with a big play that that let the you know let the offensive player get get past him. He was able to catch up and tackle him. I think that was a one like thirteen or fifteen yard or 20, maybe 20 yard completion. But um, aside from that, he's going to be a menace. Uh, your, your boy in the back. Oh, so man, uh, threats is going to have a great year. He played the most snaps on defense. Another guy just all over the field. Ball Hawking had a big interception, obviously. Uh, Justin Harris filled in for Sammy Anderson when Sammy exited the game. Uh, I thought he looked good. Uh, had, had, a, had a pick six that he let fall through his hands, but the very next play came up with an interception, its first career interception. So, shouts to uh, to Justin Harris, just kind of long journeyman, well deserved. Yeah. And then he takes the entire defense down and has an NFL style celebration. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did that get flagged? <laughs> no. no, no, but they they flagged spinning the ball. They broke up <laughs> Xavier Henderson's first touchdown as he started giving fives to people like. I don't. There was a there yeah. was a there was there was a crotchety old man who was a back judge who had an issue with Cincinnati celebrating anything. If you don't like it, tell the other team to stop them from scoring, sir. It's your job to referee, not to stop celebrating. Wanted to have zero fun, sir. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, obviously, similar to the offense, you can't take too much away. Because EKU, but still, um, the defense looked stout. You know, up, up the gut. Narduzzi mentioned it. Dante Corleone is just an absolute problem. You always have to figure out where he is pre-snap. Obviously, it's going to be right over the center or in one of the gaps, and you've got to make sure that you get one or two or three people on him so he doesn't take over the game. So, I, I mean, Dante just was feasting in the backfield a lot. I thought Briggs was in the backfield a lot, but – Chad, your boy Eric Phillips, man, he is a guy that you know we were wondering who's going to be that that other outside rush end, and and we'll talk about DG here in a bit. But Eric Phillips, man, he he looked really good again. Obviously, the the counting stats weren't too much, but I mean, he looked like he's primed and ready to have another really good season. He just has a quickness to him now that you know he he hasn't really had. And his yeah. and not only the, the quickness, but he also has um expanded his repertoire. Right. A lot more moves, you know, a lot it can spin back inside, can swim, can mm-hmm. bull rush, can speed rush. So he's showing off a lot more of that that pass rushing package that you know it, with him, like remember at one point he was like 330 pounds, like he was an inside guy. Right. So it's going to, you know, continue to be, to be a development for him to be an athletic, like outside guy mm-hmm. and learn all of those things that, that come with playing on the edge and being asked to get after the quarterback. But look, teams are going to focus their attention on Corleone and Briggs. Narduzzi already said it. Like everything we do is going to be to slow him down. You put EP on, you know, solo outside ability to make some plays and i think he's again i think he's gonna have a very big year yeah i'm excited uh, for him i love the kid such a great kid right exactly and 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 then you also add in the similar type scenario as you mentioned for for eric phillips is daniel greshik 
you know, all that attention on the interior of the line and, and on, on Briggs on the other side, DG was, was feasted, man. And, uh, I, his story is, is awesome as, as was mentioned numerous times in the post game presser, but man, he's, he's a fun interview. You know, he seemed like a him, him and Xavier Henderson were both seemed like just really fun guys, but also genuine guys who genuinely were talking about, you know, wanting to show out and, and, and wanting to, to just win. Like they have a goal, they're coming out, they're, they're doing it. And man, DG had that strip sack and, and fumble recovery. He was in the backfield all the time, was was out in coverage a little bit. You know, he's he, he's a guy that's going to be crucial, crucial piece of the defense, and he showed out. Um, Aaron, anything you saw from DG or, or, or Royer? You love a little little Daniel Greshik in your, in your system, huh? Yeah, uh, I love what I saw from him, especially on that strip sack. I think he has a really dynamic ability kind of – my esque in terms of being able to go out wide and kind of attack at that angle. Mm-hmm. I think his games are a lot different than my but his ability to kind of utilize space in unique ways. Uh, but I do not like him playing linebackers split out at two and a three down look. I think we should scrap that look um, next week because, because every, every time we did that is when they ran it right up our ass basically on defense. And anytime DG was kind of split out in that two, I know it must it must be part of their part of their scheme. I just don't. Every time we did it, it resulted in a big play for EKU, and I'm kind of thinking that Pitt might be able to expose that better. Especially, but I would Ryan, I would, Ryan, I would say the difference there is like they were down 50. Like you were just expecting Eastern Kentucky to put the ball in their quarterback's hands and pass. Like, if they wanted to run at that point in time, like, so what? You know what I mean? Like, I think you're trying to make sure you're you're cutting off the quick stuff, the hot game, like getting the ball out. Like, that's what they had kind of done. And you're already into the third quarter, so you've developed kind of a a feel for what Eastern Kentucky is doing offensively. I I think it was more time and situation than it was they got caught in something. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I just don't want it to be like, yeah, I know um, what you mean. An expose where Pitt knows, okay, we we can split out uh, a tight end and run 12p and try to get Cincinnati in that look or some way and just run it up their ass because I don't think this defense is structured in the three down look anywhere like our defense in the three completely down look different. Structured. Yeah. It doesn't have the same fits. It doesn't have the same guys coming up in the run fit and secondary and the split out linebackers. So I, that was kind of, and I, I keep bringing up Pitt because I think, you know, that that's this, it's the biggest, it's the biggest uh, litmus test. I don't know how much EKU is going to show us. I think we just did exactly what we should have done, but I'm just nervous with Pitt and 12 personnel and trying to attack Oh, yeah, they're going to be physical, man. Yeah, and so I think that suits us very well um, in the Corleone, Briggs, and Greshik up on the line. Um, We've got to see more from the linebackers, I think. Neither of them really popped out. It didn't seem like they made any big mistake, but we've been used to, like, top-tier linebacker play for a long time now. Um, most of our linebackers were 
all all conference, if not first team all conference. I don't know since I was there. I, I like the first, one of the first things I thought looking at the stats, Ryan, was a lot of safeties made tackles, not a lot of linebackers. Ryan's gonna Ryan's gonna be on that. Yeah. Taj um, Warden, Taj Warden and and threats making a lot of tackles <laughs> that uh we didn't see from Debo, Dorian Jones, and uh and and Dingle. Yeah. yeah, actually, Deion Hunter was the leading linebacker. Hey, how many times I talk about him in practice? Yeah, through camp, like I, I think he's got potential to maybe start seeing more and more snaps as this thing goes on. He's got a nose for the ball. Who yeah. is he? Is that the uh, New Mexico guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he had that, a really good camp. I was talking to a. Uh, Jake and Jack Dingle, and they were telling me how good he is, and now he's just, like you said, a ball hawk, and that that you're going to see a lot from him this year. Um, but, yeah, I just think that none of them made mistakes. Just no one was really like getting in there, making a big play or flying to the ball. Um, any big – not a ton of, like, huge block. Like, you know, we saw Pace just blow up linemen. We yeah. saw Pace just – find ways to get to the get to the running backs shimmy around and right obviously the like dingle and debo aren't, aren't ivan pace but you know you <laughs> yeah just a like, just a unanimous consensus first team yeah. all-american <laughs> even you want you need even when deshaun pace your linebackers even when deshaun pace did bite he ended up still made the tackle going back and making the play after being on the ground and just recovering like, i thought it was phenomenal yeah and they were kind of using DP as like the the stand up uh, guy uh, in the in our third down package, mm-hmm. kind of how uh, which I really like because I think he's really dynamic in that way. Kind of how we used Ivan, how kind of how we used uh, B Wright or sometimes Myjay uh, previously. Yeah. Kind of, and I I really like that look. I think that's going to be really good for him because one, he's, he's the kind of guy who can get through some protections from the O-line in, in unique ways, but also I think you can find a way to kind of sneak back and kind of either rush the quarterback in kind of a spy look or even like hit some of those underneath holes. And I could see him getting some sneaky picks that way too. So I, I really the like thing with him, is him on third down. His explosion to the ball is elite. Like yeah. his ability to just go from zero to 60 yeah, you know, like where he's, you know, just kind of strafing and kind of right in that spot, and then to take off once the quarterback lets go of the ball mm-hmm. is absolutely elite. It's Deshaun, not Deshaun. And also, you he's saw corrected on that by Deshaun. Yeah, well, <laughs> if you heard Pete Thamel's uh, pronunciation of it, of of, of Deshaun, it was, yeah. it was pretty bad. Uh, but anyway. Um, Man, you saw it on that one half sack that him and him and Taj Ward had, where yeah. you know he kind of overran it, came back, and then absolutely leveled. EKU. Well, the quarterback was afraid to throw the ball because he can jump mm-hmm. high enough to have intercepted it if the quarterback would have tried to let it go. Yep. So he kind of stood there in coverage, like if you're going to throw it, I'm not going. I'm going to get it. And then as soon as he tucked it, Deshaun just exploded forward lit up parker mckinney i mean just nailed him um but yeah you know yet again it's eku so you wonder how much brian brown didn't necessarily completely open up the bag of tricks um 
which which would be the smart thing to do. Uh, you know, I think straight up you're you're able to beat EKU and and pretty much handle them on uh, on on defense like they did. So, you know, maybe we do see some more exotic blitz packages and and, and do see the the havoc really start to take over. Because I mean, I you know we we mentioned the strip sack by by Greshik. You know, that's something that he mentioned in the post game press conference as well. He said as he's gotten older, he doesn't even try and tackle the quarterback when when he sacks him now, he's trying to go for the ball on each time that he has the, you know, the ability to. So, you know, I think you're going to see that mentality a little bit more and hopefully at least to even more strip sacks, even more rush throws and, and errant passes. But I am excited to see a traditional type team like, like Pitt, you know, and how they are going to try and establish a run against those two defensive lineman that that says you know Briggs and, and Corleone up the middle so um it, that's going to be something really exciting to watch uh some quick quick hits on on defense I thought Rob Jackson looked pretty good in the couple of uh series that he was in I, I saw him in the back foot a couple of times kind of had a big uh big swinging tackle um and any other names kind of that Antoine Peak obviously finishing with with five tackles on the day He's good, man. He's good. He is good. James Camden looks like an like a like a beast on special teams. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, he I was, noted that. He was down. a monster on kickoff. Yeah. yeah. First play of the game, blew the guy up, made the tackle. Mm-hmm. Third kickoff, he did it again later. Yeah, again later. Yeah, he looked really good. I think he uh he I think he needs to do a little better job on on pump block. I think I saw him get. It kind of juked out of his shoes, but I think he kind of made up for it with this kickoff play. He looked really good. A guy, former, I don't know if he's, I don't know, walk-on guy who's now on three um, three special teams units, which is huge. It's really tough to do, and not only on him, but maybe he's plays. on the 2D. Yeah. Or close James, to the 2D. Like, he's right there. Yeah. James is doing great, man. I love I love the way he plays. Hey, he Super was happy the- for him. One of the first guys in with with second team defense, so it was uh, it's pretty nice. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, anything more defensive wise? I mean, I we'll, we'll find out a lot more against Pitt. Um, when are we, Stephen Chanel? When are we going to talk about punt gun? Well, they only punted once, Stephen, and they got a penalty. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> here, here, here's the problem with that. I can't be too critical of of that penalty on the Gunners. Because Mason Fletcher fucking destroyed that ball. Yeah. Like the hang time on that thing had to be over five. Like it was just up in the air, mm-hmm. traveling for what felt like forever. And the Gunners yeah. got there a second, a full second early. Yeah. He just, like he, you could tell he had the frustration of like sitting there and watching for 57 minutes. Mm hmm. And he came out and just, I mean, the, I would ch- check the DPI on that football. I bet it, it dropped like five percent. Uh, Tom Tom Brady esque after yeah, that. Like, bit, I mean, yeah, like I mean, like that thing just hung in the air. Like it, you know, you watch enough; they do enough special teams that you know mm-hmm. in your mind, like you have a clock on what a good punt is supposed right. to look like. And that thing was destroyed. Just destroyed. Yeah. Well, and also it, it almost trickled and stopped before it went into the end zone too. Yeah. I, 
if but if there wasn't the kick catch interference and and the gunners weren't really gunning for that, they were gunning to stop it. They, they probably didn't think that it was gonna get all the way there. But no, well, I mean, you're you're supposed to go to a spot and yeah. it's your first time doing it all year, and you get to that spot at the exact time you're supposed to get to that spot, and the ball is still like and they lit them up yards away in the air. <laughs> they lit them up too. <laughs> I mean that was a that was one of the louder hits of the entire game. But yeah, I mean let's hey, hey if if Mason Fletcher is having only one punt a game and it comes late in the fourth quarter, we'll take that every single game this year. And hey, he might not Fletcher, win the Ray Guy Award, Fletcher, but Fletcher will be pissed. He might not win the Ray Guy Award, but uh, <laughs> that would mean the team's winning a lot of football games and and putting up these uh, video game numbers. If he kicks every ball like that, he'll win the Ray Guy Award. I don't care about the guy <laughs> in Iowa or wherever the hell he's from. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was one of what three D, uh, special teams penalties that they had though, right? Because they had the running into the yeah, running the, into the kicker, running into the, the punter, one, the running into the kicker. Like he tried to hold up. I agree. I mean, that's a that's a freshman, like a, a young guy, like in that position. It was Jamal, the, the guy's right? rolling Jamal out. Williams, Jamal, yeah. yeah, yeah. The guy's rolling out to the right, and I think he got a little overzealous on. He got close and thought he could make a play, mm-hmm. and then realized, oh shit, I can't. Like that's a timing thing that that I yeah. think he'll get right. It was also the um, it, it, the weird punt style. Uh, the yeah, it's, Australian. Rolling, it's a rugby the Australian right. rugby, rugby style, style yeah. where he's rolling right. Like I said, I think he just got the the big eyes that like, oh, I'm close enough to maybe. Because maybe if he goes straight, thing. if he goes straight with it, it is a, yeah. a block, a hundred percent. Yeah, but because he rolls out, yeah. I, get I think that was a, a rookie, not a, a rookie per se, but like a guy that's that's new to that role, like realizing if you can't get to it, you have to know when you can't get to it. Yeah. And he hit the gas uh, and, and couldn't, the brakes, the brakes didn't work. <laughs> the the brakes didn't work as he, he got to the backside and just kind of nudged him, which it was a, it was a fourth and seven. So it was a five yard penalty. Yeah. There's really no harm, no foul. And then they were like originally not going to repunt. Then all of a sudden they were they brought the punt. Yeah. That's just ah, that's EKU. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's a uh, you know I, quick shouts as well to Brady Lichtenberg. We didn't really mention him on the uh, offensive side, but four for four. Barry Jackson looking like a uh, future elite wide receiver. Man, he turned on those those Jets and. There was no one tackling that guy. He that was a determined yak right there. Um, and then of course the the rushing touchdown for Brady as well. So shouts to Brady, man. Um good in the backup role. And then obviously the the first game time experience for Brady Drogosh. I obviously kind of a I was what three two and a half minutes left and just right. trying yeah. to get on the plane, if you will. Get get the feet wet. Just get the yeah, feet wet. Just, yeah. just get it over with. Get us to zero and get us to the locker room and, yeah. you know, get ready yeah. for Pitt. Yeah, and, and Pitt it is. Um, anything more on EKU, guys? Uh, 21 and a half. Obliterated that 21 and a half point spread. I mean, come on, guys. Uh, just worth Love noting you. that you did get Free the money. Big money. 12 Offensive Player of the Week. Yep, yep. The newcomer of the week for the Big 12 as well. Um, Fourth highest rated PFF wide receiver. Uh, Where's the 
Where, where's the plates kicker for uh, special teams player of the week? Nine extra points and a 40 yeah. yard, 47 yard, 46 yard. Kick. I didn't get a vote. I'm just saying. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I Aaron, we got to figure out how we can get you a vote, though. I would have voted for Emory. Because, <laughs> I mean. For I special mean, teams player of the week? Sure. Yeah, I mean, all of it. Yeah, defensive player of the week, special teams player. They're like, eat. clean sweep. Get him, get him that Heisman that uh, Keegan's been on about. But but shouts to Carter Brown for sure. That was a uh, like a situation. I mean, Ryan Coe looks spectacular in North Carolina, and uh, you know what? It it just seems like it was not even a a miss. <laughs> like the like Carter Brown came out and and did kind of exactly what you would want out of your kicker. I, that that forty six yarder looked looked pretty doggone good. Aaron, I Aaron, you were watching from from home. Was that probably could have been good from a little bit further? Right down Broadway. Yep. Um, it looked like you could have gone maybe, maybe another five to seven. Yeah, seven's probably a stretch. Right, probably closer closer to five. Yeah, um, you didn't have a ton there, yeah. but you you weren't like just clearing the bar either. And, and it was a hot muggy day too. And it was that you're coming out there and, and kicking that distance? It was it was impressive. Um, gosh, <laughs> it's hard not to get excited about this team and. You know, eight eight point spread for this upcoming Saturday. There's there's still some some level of doubt out there. Um, you know, I think these these two teams are a lot more similar than they are uh, different. And I think uh, you know, on the CW, you're going to get a good 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 look as to it's what gonna be, they look. Well, or do you want to talk a little? You want to timestamp and then yeah, maybe talk a little do, bit. Yeah, do a timestamp. All right, that timestamp. Recapping Eastern Kentucky is brought to you by Paper Supply. Quick Paper Supply, your local and family-owned restaurant supply company. For all your non-food products, Quick Paper services over 150 restaurants with weekly low minimum next day deliveries. They provide a wide range of uh, food service products from to-go containers, shops, custom printed products, eco-friendly, and much more. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick, 513-470-2029. Reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. All right, let's get a uh let's get a quick first look at Pitt. Yeah, good old Pitt. Um, well, first off, win number one in the books for Scott Satterfield at UC. Um, I I want to mention this before we completely rolled on, but uh, did you guys see Dan Horde tweeted what uh, you know? So so how did Scott Satterfield celebrate his first win at UC? Scott Satterfield's words: My wife asked me, "What do you want?" I said, "A cheeseburger and some fries." It's kind of a ritual. We door dashed some Red Robin and watched college football and celebrated that way. It was fun. I mean, that's just that's awesome. I mean, we're gonna have to get him on. Hey, There's get him to Delwood, man. Spots. Get yeah. him to Delwood. Delwood's I mean, outstanding. Like, we're going to have to get him on some better burger spots. Red Robin, dude. What? Disgusting. I, is there man. even a Red Robin in Cincinnati? Gross. Red Robin. Send him to gross. Zips. Get him, get him a little Zips. I like right Delwood there. earlier. I'm with you. Delwood's, that might Delwood's be my favorite burger, burger I've had. It's a fine. What? It's still Delwood. Delwood? Yeah. Hmm. I know unsuspecting. Yeah. Just kind of I mean, like right it, in the middle of Mount Lookout Square and you like it's kind of got it's kind of got like uh like uh in and out vibes to it okay. a little bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Is it like a is it like a burger place or is it like a restaurant with a good burger? It's a bar. Okay. It's a bar okay. with it's a bar with a really good burger. It's actually um one of it's it's one of Zach Taylor's families like to go spot go to spots. Okay. Uh right there and uh they were one of the first they were the first four places that got the game balls. When, oh, when Zach yep, started yep. that tradition, they were one of the first that first win on the road. Uh, they were one of the first game balls. Yeah, so. looking at pictures, I, I I haven't been, but I do remember it now. So cool. Delwood, hit us up. What's up? Hey, hey, no Your free advertisements. No free advertisements. <laughs> but Delwood. Kelly and I one day she had a doctor's appointment down that way. Uh huh. Um, and we oh were, yeah, we stopped at Mount Lookout Square. That's what we're talking kind of, about. Mm-hmm. We walked around. Everything was closed. And the only place that was open was Delwood. So we strolled in and had a burger. And we were both like, wait a minute. I'll be damned. <laughs> it's a good burger. This shit's hitting. It's hitting. Yeah. Golly. Well, well, speaking of hitting, I tell you what, one of these two teams will uh, will win the game this weekend. But they will not be able to take home the uh, famous trophy. Um, obviously, we're going to get I would that take- right out of the way. The- I, I- I, go ahead. I'll chime in in a minute. The River City rivalry is uh, obviously a, a good historic meeting between the two teams. Obviously, it's it's, uh, it's been kind of back and forth. Um, only only four wins for uh, for the Bearcats, but obviously the uh, like a little bit more the four, on the right? side. Yeah, it, actually, four out of the last five. Um, okay. Lone loss was in twenty ten. Uh, at Nippert, twenty-eight to ten. Um, but yeah, obviously you'll remember that twenty eleven win, and then of course that twenty twelve victory at Nippert again, thirty-four ten. That was the last time the two teams faced each other. That was in uh, what Butch Jones's first game, uh, first uh, season. So um, yeah, obviously these two teams know each other from the Big East days, and for some reason they uh, the the rivalry will be a rivalry, but. Uh, they will not have the trophy anymore. <laughs> I'd bring it. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I I didn't get the sense today that Cincinnati was aware that there was a mutual decision not to bring the trophy. Maybe somewhere farther up the food chain that that, that decision was mutually agreed upon. But I didn't I, I don't know that this is a mutual decision. I don't I think everybody just assumed like Cincinnati has the trophy. We'll we'll bring it with us. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was not also like an official report. That was sources tell the guy from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, right? But th- there was no um, there's no direct quotes tied to that, which tells me I don't know how mutual. A little up I don't in the air. I don't know. I mean, I guess if Pitt doesn't want to play for it, like Cincinnati will just keep it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like okay, we like we get it forever. It stays in our, our trophy gaze from here until the end of time. Even if you win these next two games, all right, we'll keep it. Whatever. Um, we'll see. I, I, I'm interested to uh, inquire about the River City rivalry trophy tomorrow. Oh, 46 inches tall. 95 it's pounds. It's heavy. It's big. That that thing's going to need its own seat on the on the plane. Yeah. But yeah oh, yeah. I agree. I agree. It's not it. as heavy as the, the victory belts, I think, definitely heavier. Right. 
but it's heavy. Roy, sure. did you did you carry the victory bell at all? I have, and it was it's heavy. It is heavy as hell. <laughs> I love the reaction when the freshmen have to go get the victory bell and they try to pick it up for the first time, and they're like, Ugh! "Whoa, <laughs> hey, can I get some help it properly too? Can, can I get some like, help?" <laughs> no, seriously. Well, learning how to ring it's a thing too, because some guys just think you just go up to the bell and you just shake it around, but no, you no, gotta, you got to ring it. Let it's the bell. bell you you pull up one end. And then you push, let it ring, yeah. push, push. So then you get good dongs. You got to get good dongs, man. You know. Yep. Always, ding, always, ding. always aiming for that good dong for sure. Yeah. Yep. There's no doubt. <laughs> well, uh, talking about the um, the Pitt Panthers is going to be the fact that offensively they've got. I, I know, Chad. I mean, we walked right into it. Um, no, you walked right. The same as you always do. You walked right into it. Yeah, yeah. It is what it is. Uh, but yeah, it's gonna be. Um, it's gonna be a game. Obviously, the two coaches know each other. Uh, have schemed against each other twice in the in, in recent years. Um, last year, I I kind of mentioned it a little bit. Satterfield got the uh, got the better of of the game. He was able to uh, take down Pitt. With the final score of uh, it's 24 to 10, 24 to 10. Uh, they had 122 rushing yards, 190 passing yards. So not not really an, an offensive explosion there. Um, but, you know, defensively, they really held, held Pitt to uh, only 168 rushing yards, 158 passing yards. So it was a bit of a defensive, um, defensive expose. Uh, do you think who who do you think Chad or and crew benefits more from just having that uh, that familiarity of scheming against the other coach? Um, I mean, I think Cincinnati a little bit just because it's all new personnel. So mm-hmm. th- obviously the the scheme and the the game plan and the design shifts a little bit as you shift to what you have in house now. Where when you're with the same team. Although the transfer portal era gets a little more right. convoluted, but right. when you're always with the same team, your your styles are pretty similar. Your like the, the way that you operate is pretty similar. So I would say Satterfield, you know, with a little bit of unknown. Plus, there's also the possibility that a lot of what they showed against Eastern Kentucky was vanilla, and they didn't have to show what they want to do. So now Pitt spends a week game planning for what they saw against Eastern Kentucky. And that's uh, potentially a little different than how the game plan looks. So uh, I'd give a slight edge, I, not significant at all. I'd give a slight edge, maybe to Satterfield there because, you know, he, he does have some knowledge of how Narduzzi has run things at Pitt, especially as early as last season. Mm-hmm. I will say uh, they, it looks like they only had seven transfers that came into Pitt um, for yeah. whatever that's. I worth. mean, he's he's been there for a while. like he's got things kind of stable. I guess is sure. a, a yeah. great way to put it. And to play devil's advocate slightly, Chad, um, I think that that's that means something that's good because I don't think Satterfield, I don't think he really knows how his team is going to respond to adversity. Or, sure. Or, uh, you know, a ranking system. Yeah. No so question. it's kind of like it's good. Pitt doesn't really know exactly what we have, but 
we don't entirely know what we have in terms of no, what, how, what do we not. expect from the coaches if shit hits the fan, the players if shit hits the fan. How are they going to communicate in the chaos of a game day? And that was one I, of the things I was talking yeah. to the guys on the sideline about was how were the coaches, like how do they respond to adversity, how do they respond to, you know, just the ebbs and flows of a game. And they, the players seemed to they, – they were big fans of kind of how the coaching staff handled um, – EKU to say, but I think that pit game, there's going to be highs well, and lows. Yeah, because you're going to go two, three drives without a touchdown. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. going to go two drives in a row where they get a touchdown and a field goal. Like it, it, that's the adversity that we didn't see this week, Ryan. So you're exactly right yeah. there for sure. Yeah. And it, I think it's, you know, I think we're going to, we're going to learn a lot about the team. I think the team's going to learn even more about itself. Because those guys, they're gonna, they've gone up there. They talk about, you know, we feel close, this, that, and the other. But you don't really know shit about your team, about you know how you guys really bond and how strong that bond is until you're down in the trenches and you're playing a good ass team. You you get hit in the mouth a couple times, or someone has a missed assignment. How does the team respond? So I think we're gonna learn a lot about the team. The team's gonna learn about itself. The coaches gonna learn a lot about their players. Uh, I think it's a true litmus test pit. Um, so I'm excited, man. It's gonna <laughs> it's gonna be a good compass indicator of where we're going. Yeah, you know, Aaron, you mentioned the not not a big turnover transfer wise. Probably one of the, right. one of the least in the entire country. If if you had to sure. really break down the numbers, but uh, thirteen out, seven in, yeah. But they had the the biggest um, at the biggest position. They they do have a transfer. Uh, and it, it kind of fits that whole post-hype prospect that I was mentioning. Obviously, Keaton Slovis is is out, goes to BYU. BYU won won themselves a thriller, fourteen to nothing, week one against well Sam Houston State. But um, uh, now in steps Phil Yurkovich, who is another highly rated recruit, top one hundred coming out of high school. Uh, went to Notre Dame, had you know played some games there, didn't really get in the groove of things. So he transferred to Boston college, um, Boston college. I believe they held tryouts to see who could play off of the line for them last year, because there were so many injuries. That's a lie, but um, it, it was pretty bad situation there uh, at, at BC. And so then Jerkovich heads, heads into the, uh, to the portal and lands and in, in Pittsburgh. Uh, he's, I wouldn't say dual threat, but he can run the football. Um, he, he has the ability to, uh, he, he finished, 17 of 23 for 214 yards and a touchdown. Uh, long pass of only 28 yards. And then he, he added another 53 on the ground with another uh, rushing touchdown. Um, he, he was sacked once, which uh, which uh, takes that rushing total down to 41 yards. But uh, I just perusing their, their message boards a little bit. Uh, Pitt fans were not overly excited about uh, old old PJ's first performance at uh, you know at the quarterback position for them. I believe they also had a big injury to one of their tackles uh, before the game against Wofford. But, I, I mean, even still, they – so Cincinnati played EKU. Pittsburgh played Wofford. I, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know anything about Wofford. But uh, they won 45-7, to seven, uh, scored seven points in the first quarter then kind of blew up in the second with 21 and then the rest of the way, it was kind of just a snoozer, but I, you know, it's a, it's a similar situation where new quarterback trying to get things in the, in the groove, obviously a defensive minded team, really good defense at that. 
but it's it's not a game or a situation where you really look and think one team is significantly better than the other or you know I, they they seem pretty pretty doggone even especially after week 1 is in the books um no running backs rush for more than i believe like 65 yards uh they did have only like a 4.2 um rushing average uh, i mean it was Nothing, nothing too crazy. Um, Four point eight rushing average, but uh, yeah, I mean they they you know they took care of business, but they didn't overwhelm Wofford. Right, right. They had forced zero interceptions. Um, did didn't didn't force a single turnover in the entire game. Uh, did come away with four sacks, a handful of tackles for loss, but wasn't wasn't like they completely dominated you know they and that's that that's something i think like that royer you're talking about as well like what happens with you know if if pitt gets a couple sacks like how does emory handle that does is he calm and cool and just like on to the next play or does he start to get happy feet does he start to overthrow some of that intermediate stuff that that had been a problem for him uh in past stops where he didn't, we didn't see any of that against Eastern Kentucky. Um, but I, I just think that's kind of another interesting element. They are going to get to him at points in this game. That is their MO. Like, I will be shocked if they don't have two or three sacks in this game just because that's what they do. Um, that, that's what they base their defense on. What is his mentality? How does he handle potentially getting sped up a little bit how does he handle you know does he does he start to get jumpy if somebody comes off the left off the blind side and and gets him you know is he still standing in there and waiting to make a throw and i think satterfield can really help him out by early and often outside runs triple option we saw those we know they can do those i think we need to look at screens keeping the D-line honest with screens and uh, designed boots, designed half rollouts, quick game, doing all those things, keeping uh, uh, Pitt's D coordinator guessing so they can't just send the house. They uh, Even if our O-line might be struggling on the outside for some reason, that we're going to have answers um, and not – and if, if he does take some sacks, we have something to counter with. Yeah, Um I, I mean, also, it, of course, it's just Wofford, but they, they did hold them to negative one rushing yards in the entire game, which I think is it, it's helped due in large part to uh, to, to the sacks. Um, they, they lost 28 yards in the sacks, but uh, home to negative one yards in the entire game. But, I mean, Bryce Corston, Wofford's quarterback, went 12-17 for 127 yards and a touchdown. Um had a 75 yard completion as well. So yeah, I, it, it'll be interesting to see kind of what the office looks like as, as they step up to this higher level, higher level defense. Um, I, I mean, just watching the highlights, it's not like Pitt really had any crazy explosion, explosive plays on, on offense. And then defensively, they kind of just, you know, held their own on the line of scrimmage and, Soon the game went by pretty quickly as well. So um, I don't know. Aaron, thoughts on Pitt 
initially? I mean, I don't know. I, I think that I'm ready to see what this team's made of at this point. Like, we, we got a little taste of it, and we saw a relatively vanilla offense and defense. Um, so I'm, I'm ready to see what this team looks like when you open up that playbook. And truthfully, I don't know that they're going to hold anything back against, especially if the game is winnable, um, then even with Oklahoma looming in the not-so-distant future. Which, I mean, shouts, of course, to the to the fan base, man. The, the student section was packed 45 minutes before kickoff. Nipper is a special place, and, and you heard – you heard them mention it, but, but this one's on the road, obviously. A NFL stadium, good old, what do they call it, Accushire or whatever it's called now. Just, there I'm still wasn't a full nipper, though. Chad and I have talked about this. There were it still open out. seats. It was sold out. It was sold out, but we need butts in every seat. fucking hot, Royer. It was hot. I, I like know, If you but, were standing in the shade, if you were on the sun side and you were down standing in the shade, I ain't mad at you. I was going to finish up the point with to all those people asking for more seating. Just remember that we don't want the other team's fans in there because sometimes we struggle with getting butts in every seat. It's only 40,000. So just remember it was that sold out. There were no tickets available, hit. Ryan. You couldn't buy a ticket if you wanted to. I may or may not have had a relative. I may or may not have had a relative who had to leave the game before halftime due to over overheat exhaustion. Oh, I was told Fifth Third Arena was a triage unit. Like I don't doubt that people passing out. It was hot, know. dude. It was hot. It it brought back flashbacks to that Purdue game back in. It, that back? Purdue game was way hotter, but it was still really, really hot. Two thousand. We'll I think Oklahoma. Maybe. It'll be. I don't think we'll have a problem with that one. No, it's supposed I, to I start dropping down into the seventies next week. Yeah. I think. So. Well, I think yeah. it'd be. It, it'd be overflowing even with the temperature probably for that game i i mean you gotta think if if cincinnati can go and and possibly pull out a win at Pitt, that's gonna be a monster game and, and i'm not overlooking miami or you know the fake miami now um but <laughs> i it's gonna be probably what big noon kickoff for for fox I, that's still not confirmed. We'll see. Right. Not, right. They were already right. talking about it being that before. Well, that's because Brett McMurphy said it was going to be a noon game before the TV partners even picked the games. Like, right. <laughs> maybe he's right, but there's no indication. Like, they are not, they haven't even gotten to that window. Like, you know, the pit game is going to determine, like, how important that Oklahoma game is. But you know maybe what I you want to do. What's that? It gets moved to prime time, ABC, nip, nip at, at night. night. Oh, yeah. please, please. Back God. to back nip at nights. Blackout, Woo. nip at night. Nip but at there hasn't been a home nip at night since regular season, since like 17 or 18 or so. It's been a long time. What? Oh, like a Saturday nip at night? Yeah. Because, yeah, the, Friday, the Halloween game last year. <laughs> Well, yeah, there's been there's been weekday, weekday nip nights yeah. because you don't play in the afternoon on a Thursday or Friday. Yep. Like it has to be a nip at night on a weekday. Mm -hmm. But in terms of a Saturday regular mm -hmm. season nip at night, I think it's been like 2017 since that happened. We need we need uh John Cunningham banging on the desk for that one. I don't know how much say he has. Beat Pitt. <laughs> yeah. Beat so, Pitt. Well, I don't know. Beat Pitt. 
be Pitt, I think Fox will it's big news. Yeah. to have the big news. <laughs> Because Cincinnati three and Oklahoma three and like it, yeah that the first first Big Twelve game in force the hand for that is know. but you don't understand Aaron that it's is Fox's, a protest that is their prime time game. that's their prime time because so like now, to MVP, them that is ABC have their yeah. their prime time night slots yeah. Yeah. just get the players to not take the field until six thirty and they'll have no choice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're gonna we're, we're getting a little too far up, but that is gonna be a wild atmosphere. Obviously, either way, yeah, either way, three and, and two and one, like whatever. It's they're doing be the whole Big Twelve uh, tailgate experience thing, yeah. bringing in a, a DJ from the Vanderpump Rules. Um, gonna gonna be be rowdy. It's gonna be rowdy. Uh, it's gonna be wild. But uh, you know what? It's gonna be wild at at, at Pitt this weekend too. Um, I think Pitt doesn't like Cincinnati, um, and I know I, I I don't really care for Pitt. So the two um, towns hate each other. They vote like yeah. it's, they hate each other. They've always hated right. each other. That 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 that's why that carried over into college football. So yeah, did you Is it an did NFL you see thing? NFL major like they just don't like. Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, like it's Pirates, Reds, Amir Garrett taking off Steelers, Pirates, right? Pittsburgh. Like they they just don't. It's two cities that don't like each other. River dwellers, yeah, Blue like Jackets, five Penguins. hours apart. Hey now, <laughs> Columbus, <laughs> FC Columbus, Cincinnati versus you live in Cincinnati. Whatever Pittsburgh's <laughs> soccer team is. Um, they have like a minor. They don't have like a full on team. I think. Okay. Okay. But yeah, it'll be man. It's it's gonna be a, a, a fun. Th- Did you guys see the the fans singing "Sweet Caroline" at uh at the pit game? It's pretty funny. Give the. It, they I do think, that every game. Right, That's but like the fan, the fan the was quarter. obnoxiously singing it, and uh, I would yeah, love that's to. What they do. No, this was extra. This is no, absolutely. No, extra. Happened, right? I don't Can think you, you remember 2009. That was the most obnoxious fucking thing no, I've ever heard in my life. I, I understand what you're saying, but you have to see this video. It's next level. Uh, there's no way that anyone is topping this guy and what he did. I like it's, it's, oh, it's I, the whole fan base did. They thought they were walking to a Big East championship and ending Cincinnati's undefeated season. I understand. So they sang Sweet singing. Caroline with the gusto of a thousand fucking sons. Right. And that's why it's so funny, is because they had to eat shit pit. Yes, the eat shit pit. But uh, <laughs> I, I tell you what, you got to watch the video. Like, I understand. Part of my take posted it. it this guy's in, in, intense, and I. Can we get I, it on the screen? If he's there. Uh, I mean, maybe. Uh, I'm not. I don't have those capabilities. I don't know. If, well, I don't know if that'll get us. Yeah, don't do it. We. We credited them. Shouts to part of my take. So the exactly algorithm how it works. doesn't care. It just says they're at music <laughs> in your thing, and right. if so, right. you are demonetized. Well, just just watch it. It's, A- it's AI crazy. doesn't AI doesn't care that we yeah. discussed it at length. Yeah. Right. Big Cat, can we get Big Cat on here? Yeah, I mean Dana Beer is still still firing on all cylinders as uh yeah as he was on some good, good content oh, this yeah. weekend. See him trying to do the down the drive. 
Yeah, he, he gave up. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, he is his updated Heisman ranking. He's also was... too fat to jump out of a plane this week. So, and yeah. Do you see him getting that. gassed up by the guy about the Nutella? It's like how yeah. he just discovered Nutella. <laughs> the guy's like, brother, you are way too big to just be discovering Nutella. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like Nick Van Exel discovering iced coffee. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's that. That's the uh, that's that's the key right there. But um, yeah. I mean, just wrapping up on Pitt. Uh, you know, Chad. Obviously, you and you and Dave kind of dive in a little bit more on the previews and and whatnot. Sure. More but detail. The, yeah, but they. I I mean, it's just defense defensive team. Uh, Phil Phil Yurkovich, We we mentioned him already. He's he's taking the reins over there. So uh, you know, it's a similar situation with Emory here. It's a, you know a, who's gonna really take over there um i mean it's just i don't know i you you think pitt is solid just because you know nine to four last year um good defense you know obviously the year before that with kenny pickett they were really good as well but it's just they don't jump off the page to me right now of course defensively we don't really know how they'll match up with us but they don't really jump off the page to me as like oh gosh this is scary. So in, in eight point spread, I think Vegas somewhat agrees, but still. I, look, I, I, do you, I, I guess here's what it comes down to. And I'm sure we'll expound on this Wednesday. Like, yeah. Is that really a team that you feel like is going to go out and put 35 points on Cincinnati, 28, no. 35 points on Cincinnati? No, I no. don't. So it's going to be close. If, if that's not the case, then it's going to be close. Yeah, I agree. Um, Aaron, Ryan, anything, anything more on uh, on old Pitt? No, this is this is the one right here, man. This is the true test of the team. I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Diamond, that Israel Oppenkanda guy that you know was on the Jets. Brent. Yeah, let's go, let's go. I, I mean, I'm just I'm looking at him even more, but yeah, I, I know. Let's go. Let's roll. Let's roll. That's a Quick Paper Supply timestamp brought to you by Quick Paper Supply, your local and family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products. Quick Paper services over 150 restaurants with weekly low-minimum next-day deliveries, providing a wide range of food service products from to-go containers, cups, custom-printed products, eco-friendly, and much more. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick, 513-470-2029, and reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. Boom. Um, basketball wise, there's really not much, uh, recruiting. Yeah. Obviously it was a big recruiting weekend. Good to see. Um, obviously a good old Trilly Donovan, um, was, you know, obviously it was hinted on, on the board quite a lot about a mystery visitor and, and Trilly Donovan has no boundaries when it comes to that. So he, he revealed who it was. Um, and it was LeBaron Phylon and obviously Phylon was there in attendance, Joined alongside um, Bearcat commit Tyler McKinney, McKinley and McKinley, uh, McKinley yeah, and um, Jasper Johnson. Jasper Johnson as well. Uh, Chad, you're great time for Jasper Johnson to visit because Jasper Johnson and LeBaron Phylon played for Team Thad in the EYBL this year, so those guys are pretty close. Tyler knows both of those guys, so they, from the the looks of things, they spent uh, a bunch of time together hanging out. Uh, mm-hmm. especially on Saturday. 
Uh, I know they had practice Saturday afternoon uh, that those guys got to uh, to watch, and then the tailgate and you know going in and uh, checking out the uh, the pregame and, and the game and all that good stuff. Um, look, it, it's from everyone I talk to. It sounds Cincinnati was the first visit. It sounds super close. He's still going to visit Ole Miss, Alabama, and Kansas, along with Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati's done a great job. If I had to handicap who I think might be the biggest threat, mm-hmm. um, Ole Miss, I, I think, you know, the one of the guys that recruited him, he initially committed to Auburn. Right. One of the guys that heavily recruited him to Auburn is at Ole Miss. So he's got a relationship there that obviously he has been – really comfortable with for a long time and mm-hmm. Chris Beard don't give a fuck like <laughs> he didn't care about the rules when there were rules right so <laughs> that is look I, I said in in this day and age mm-hmm. I might be more worried about a list of Alabama Ole Miss and Kansas than I am if the kid had Duke, Kentucky, Kentucky. Duke in North Carolina right right like the game done changed some in in that regard. Yeah, and those are guys you, you're dealing with some dudes that'll do what they got to do. Nate Oates, mm-hmm. Chris Beard, Bill Self, they will do what they got to do to get a job done. Now mm-hmm. we're learning Wes has that in him as well. That okay, like these are the rules. This is what my parameters are. Let's go. Uh, but the Baron Pylon is going to be a battle. Because that is that is not <laughs> that is not the group. Uh, you know, you do all your work and you get it down to the brass tacks, and, and mm-hmm. those are the four. Like, all right, buckle up, buckle up your safety belt. Right. Turbulence right. is coming. Like you're gonna have to you're gonna have to dodge a lot of bullets to get to the finish line here. But so far, everything I've heard is the visit was outstanding. Um, really love the atmosphere. Love being around, uh, you know, Jasper and, and Tyler for the weekend. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I know hopefully Keegan will uh, we'll have something on that here shortly. But, you know, that, it, that Cincinnati's got their hat in the mix. If you would have told me two months ago that they were this deep in the LeBaron Phylon thing, I would have said, man, they made up a lot of ground. Right. So they've made up a lot of ground. Sometimes it's nice to be the team with momentum. Yeah. The team is kind of charging late. So we'll and see. Tell you what, staff decked out in, in Jordan and, and looking yeah. looking fresh, very fresh. And also shouts to Zach Stipe as well. He was he was rocking the With Jordan Woods. Thank it, you. Yeah, those are those are nice. But um it can't also be under under stressed how how awesome it was to see Jasper Johnson there as well. Uh you know, obviously a, a five star. And in class 2025, but he might. I, this, I, I might be going out of a limb here, Brent. Yeah, he might be the best player they're involved with. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. I mean, yeah. You talk about a microwave that can impact the game. I, I saw him score 12 points in in like 90 seconds. There you go. I mean, three threes and an and one in 90 seconds, like and deep threes, not like. Just common standard every day, like hit a three, like just bang, 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 bang. And it took a close game to a blowout in 
like two minutes. Yep. Like he is electric, electric. He's got legit size too. Not not bulk, but he's tall. He he looks yeah. every bit of the for, for a shooting guard, scoring guard. He's yeah. in that six four, six five range. Yeah, and he's still young. Like yeah, might have another inch or two in him. Right. Right. Um, I and obviously having McKinley there too is nothing but a resounding applaud. It, obviously, the connection is is link is link uh, prep down there. Um, obviously, McKinley coming back to Cincinnati for his senior year, but still probably knows them pretty well through Link and uh, the circuit and whatnot. Um, another name they that go was, to Link together. They don't know each other through Link. Well, no, I just I, I'm sure when he said I'm transferring to Link. They maybe hit him up, and he was like, "Well, I'm not going to be there." So, but still, good to good to link up with you. I don't know. Yeah, no, I know no, they didn't play I think, together. I, no, I, I think that's probably overstated by some. But well, I mean, it's a link. It, it's well, it's yeah, but it's 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 prep school basketball. Like it's right. transient. Like nobody. Right. <laughs> right. I agree. Now maybe they talked about it this weekend. Like it was yeah. a common thing to connect on. You know, as they're both on campus, and, and they looked like they know. were buddies from from what it gathered. But you know. yeah, I mean, they looked like they were having a good time from afar. Yeah, it did. Um, and then, obviously, and another name, and and Jasper was yeah. on an unofficial, right? Yeah, the only official was was Larry. was yeah, violent. Okay, and then obviously, twenty twenty six wing from from uh, Kentucky, Gabe Weiss was. On, on an unofficial visit as well. He's a guy that will be rated very highly when those yeah. ratings come out. But I've heard uh, good things. I haven't seen him, but I've heard good things. Yet again, another highly rated recruit that Wes and the staff is in early on. Um, so cool to get him on campus yep. as well. Absolutely. But uh, as far as team stuff goes, I heard heard the fans were – in awe of how tall Sage Tolentino looks and how uh, I mean he's tall. How how big some of the uh, <laughs> some of the other big men are. So, um, but obviously, as we saw last night with and uh, in, in that North Carolina game or, or two nights ago, Tez Walker didn't didn't play. He's still in the appeal process. I think some people were erring on the side of the the two time transfer. Just play him and just say screw it and figure it out later. So that's going to be an on, an ongoing thing. There's no update there, but. Uh, We'll see. Um, anything else, or shall we mailbag it up? No, let's let's mailbag it up real quick. Quick Paper Supply, your local and family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products. Quick Paper services over 150,000 restaurants with weekly low-minimum next-day deliveries, providing a wide range of food service products from to-go containers, cups, custom-printed products, eco-friendly, and much more. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick, 513-470-2029, and reference Bearcats. For 20% off your first month of purchases. And now, for the uh, the time being, the mailbag brought to you by Home Field Apparel. Home Fields can't miss kickoff here to make sure you are ready for the 2023 football season in style. Go to homefieldapparel.com. Check out the Cincinnati collection. Promo code BCJ23. You get 15% off your first order. All right. All right. I'm going to see. Hopefully, uh, I can get through most of this mailbag without coughing too much on the mic. I will be doing my best. You're okay, Aaron. You're having a great flu game, Aaron. I'm, I'm doing something. 
Uh, thankfully, the mailbag isn't super full tonight. So right. starting off here, uh, how would you tier the Big 12 teams after week one? I think like title contenders, title pretenders, spoilers, thanks for participating, might go defeated in conference. Some tiers do not have to have teams in it. I don't think we've seen enough yet. Right. Really? I mean, I, I think pretty comfortably right now, like Kansas State, Oklahoma, and Texas. Yeah. Upper tier. I, I, I don't know, like. Brent, you want to you want to tackle this with yours? Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's too early to ask. I think overall, the Big Twelve was underwhelming in uh, Week One. Um, I mean, it go. It's it's always hard to win in Laramie, but Texas Tech looked like crap for, for the. I specifically right. did not include them in a parlay because I was like, I just can't. I just see them completely messing this up. I mean, they were up 17 nothing in the first quarter and then just, like, forgot how to play football. Um, right. It was, it was weird. Obviously, the, this is when I was, I was going to mention we were going to talk they about it. They scored three points the rest of the game. They scored the, the rest of regulation. Right. Regulation, I mean, sorry. And, like, and then you score in the second overtime, and all you got to do is get one stop on defense. And, and it was just, like, an easy touchdown. I it just – they were just – very disappointing in them, especially because a lot of people were very high on them. And then what the heck happened with Baylor? Like, woof. Texas, Apparently they're not good. Texas State? <laughs> like, I mean, come on. At home, at, at Baylor, which. Right. And Texas State controlled that entire game. Yeah. Like, there was they, never they really a point game. that Baylor had controlled in, in that game. Right. Right. Um, so it's I think one right. thing, like, I get it. You open the season, you're a little, you know, you're, you're, you start a little slow, mm-hmm. but you're playing Texas State. Like, like you pick it back up, and you get the job done. Right like over four quarters, <laughs> that never, never happened. No, sorry, um. Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me laugh. You're gonna make me cough. We're gonna have this back and forth like a tennis match. Yeah. It's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, uh, I mean, Deion Sanders. I, uh, that whole thing going on in Colorado is just insane. Obviously, it's some some big time players there. I don't even know what happened. What does that have to do with the Big Twelve Week One? Well, because they played TCU. I get I get what he's saying. Oh, relax, guys. I I mean TCU looked like they were I defended you. Thank you, thank you. TCU. TCU's defense looked like trash. They, they looked did. like a team coached by Sonny Dykes. They did not look like that last year. They had a lot of guys from the previous regime that were still in the fold. Then Saturday, they looked like a team coached by Sonny Dykes that we have seen uh, coach for three years or whatever, however long he was at SMU. I will say TCU and Colorado are are, that game alone was a glaring example of why preseason polls are for idiots. And there should not be preseason polls ever again. They're so stupid. Are they ignorant? Are they stupid? Yes. You know what people do? They they tune in because you they got them. They love them. It's so stupid. So it's long. It's like mock drafts and every other stupid thing we do right now. Clicks equal dollars. 
dollars equal we're gonna do this because it I'm, equals dollars i'm still allowed to hate it regardless that's fair <laughs> i'm just telling um, you why they do it i think i think byu over sam houston was maybe in the most underwhelming as far as the team that won um at yeah. 14 nothing hosting sam houston in provo where there's literally nothing else to do i mean that was yuck um <laughs> and i bet on the cougars too man I just, <laughs> they're just yuck but uh i mean that was just saturday night late night just throwing darts at at, at the wall and seeing if, if one of them hits but uh yeah i mean they were very underwhelming um I mean, they so they won fourteen nothing, and then they're hyping up like first shutout since this. Like, we shut them out. You got you got lucky you shut them out because if you didn't, yeah, it'd be a tough game. Um, I mean, TCU got shredded by Sean Lewis. I, like, there's no other way to put it. Um, so I think you you saw a lot of things there where get the ball to your playmakers and and let them make moves um yeah i think i think a lot of teams are going to be able to exploit that with tcu and apparently then, teams from iowa can only uh play defense they can't play offense <laughs> well I, there's a lot of things going on at iowa state i actually was surprised with how well iowa state played i they were only seven point favorites against no they, they're seven point favorites against northern iowa which is and like look at what their offense did though i i agree but they it's got still, a big sticks. Yeah. Like they, they that, that's what I'm saying. They looked an awful yeah. lot like Iowa. True. True. Yeah. Their offense was trash. Like if you look, I think Northern Iowa had the leader in passing, rushing, and receiving yards mm-hmm. on the game. They did. All right. Like Iowa so, State did not move the ball at all. No. So, so to round out this question and try and give some semblance of an answer. If we were to say who are the title contenders based on this week alone, not based on preseason, not based on rankings. Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas State. Yeah. Kansas State looked damn good. Kansas State's gonna be a problem. 35 nothing at half. Texas yeah, beat Rice 37 to 10. Yeah, but at home. They didn't really do much. It was like a it was yeah. more of like a we have I'm gonna, Alabama. I'm gonna put Texas week. a title pretender. <laughs> They were like, we well, have Alabama, Alabama next, week. next week. We'll find out. So, so we're, not gonna, we're not going to expose too much. We have Alabama Ra- next week. Ryan, anything to add on those three teams? I agree with you guys. Uh, I also didn't pay too much attention to anything uh, other than the Bearcats. Like, you were, yeah. yeah. You were <laughs> Ryan was just like, excited to see Butch Jones. All right. Um, <laughs> any, other, any other title pretenders in the mix? Uh, TCU, like yeah, they were in there. Like Baylor, Pretender. Yeah. Um, I don't even know that I'm I, – well, I think they're going to be more thanks for participating, right? Baylor. Maybe. Maybe, or, unless they can bounce back or, significantly. Because they got a defensive-minded head coach whose team can't didn't look like they could play a lick of defense. They, they play, might go defeated they in conference. Utah. They play Utah yeah. this week. It's like, uh. I'll I'll put – I don't know. I'll put BYU in, in spoilers. I'll put Oklahoma State in spoilers. I'll put Houston in thanks for participating. I don't believe in any of these teams. Not yeah, yet. I don't Not- think I'd put BYU or Oklahoma State in spoilers after their week one performance. We're basing this off week I one. I mean, Houston looked looked better than BYU and, and OK State. I don't. I can't drop them to thanks for participating, though. You think it's that bad? Okay. <laughs> We're Oklahoma. basing this strictly off of week one. Oklahoma right. Kirk wants really to know week good. one 
Like that. So you're you're caught up in preseason rankings, Aaron. <laughs> that's, that's, that's why I put Texas in my title pretenders. Anyway, we're moving on. All right. Do you think the Navy Air Force game will have a lower over under than Iowa Iowa State? It might should. Well, the, no, no, because both of those defense defenses can get buckets. Like those defenses can score. And those offenses are so bad. We might have four or five defensive touchdowns in Iowa, Iowa State. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what what was it? The Army Navy 16 straight years, it was the under. Yeah. And then this this past year, the overhit. Um, I mean, I watching Navy play Notre Dame, I don't even know if, if Navy is like they look bad. They look pretty doggone bad. bad. Um they're down bad. Yeah, uh, I would say I would say the Iowa's over, over. Yeah, just because the defenses can score. Yeah, both of those defenses are so good. It, the offenses might not score in that game, and they'll still hit the over. Well, and and because Brian Ferentz has to meet his quota, or else he's fired. So he he might be trying really hard to score, 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 score. What, 27 a game? Is that what it was? Yeah, something like that. 27 a game. I'll side with the guy who bets more in a weekend than I do in a year. Oh, thank you, Aaron. Join He's the, like, I do. You're right. Join, I do. Join the dark side, Aaron. <laughs> I can't afford to. <laughs> it is just so funny. You bet so much, like so much yeah. over the entire weekend, and then it like ends up like I was up like 140 bucks. It's just like. Wow, that was a wild roller coaster ride. I'll tell you what. Aaron's like, I was up $18.73 this weekend. Yes. Nailed it. That's close to accurate. <laughs> <laughs> that $1 parlay hit. I was pumped. All right. Um, does giving up. Does giving up 300-plus yards to EKU concern anyone? Seemed like our playmakers were often out of position, and some of the tackling could have been sharper. Chad did say the defensive philosophy under Brown generally is more negative plays with the trade-off of giving up a few additional bigger plays, but just haven't seen anyone except Kerry really discuss the defense. Brian? It felt like a quiet 300, though, because I felt like our yeah. defense, like, I thought it, it really played. spread out. Yeah, I thought it played really well besides those big runs, but, you know, we kind of broke those down earlier. Um, but I think we didn't get exposed to any, like, 12 personnel, like we said. Uh, there was mainly 11P, and I the, the broadcaster was kind of breaking down that EKU just didn't have any tight ends, and I think Pitt's going to have tight ends, and they're going to want to run the oh. ball. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah. 13 but, personnel. Four, can you do 14? They get a 14. They get a 14. I, I'm nervous about a little bit of Alabama syndrome, but obviously Pitt isn't as good as Alabama. Uh, but kind of how Alabama said, we just want to run the ball. And Indiana last year, if you remember that game, the first half when they were just chewing through us, yeah. just 12 personnel running the ball downhill. Well, no, the Indiana um, game dominated the first half. It was the second half when they started to come back. Yeah, Indiana. Yeah. The second half, they ran right down, right at UC, and got back in the game. Or maybe yeah, are you thinking the Indiana of two years ago? That first two half years ago, was all when I was on the team. I'm sorry. 
Right. Yeah. When I was on the team. Um, How do you not and, remember the difference between when you were on the team and when you were not on the team? Dude, it's an adjustment because I've been saying last <laughs> year. I've been saying last year for a whole year, so I have to remember it's two years now. My old ass. Yeah. Now you're getting um, old. Yeah. No, but I think our playmakers are going to win us the game next week. If we win the game, it's going to be because of our deep, our Xavier playmakers Henderson on defense. Yeah, yeah. Defense. yeah. In terms of like, it's going to be because uh, Juwan, Dante, Pace, yeah. Greshik. Greshik. Like those Gretz. guys are, yeah, we're going to need all those guys to step up big time. And the linebackers are going to have to play a lot better. But yeah, I agree. I guess the quiet 300, though, it, it, it doesn't concern me. I don't think it really impacts anything going forward. I thought they played well. And that's a good offense. Like, it, their defense is, as you called it, trash. But yeah, EKU's offense, like, they have a quarterback that's going to play in the NFL. Yeah, he'll get he'll a, be a backup. A he's not going to be yeah. an NFL starter, but he's going to be, like, on a practice squad or, like, he's going to – find himself a carve out a niche in the NFL. Yeah. He's yeah. at the Manning Passing Academy. He's yeah, gotten he's invited to the senior bowl. Yeah. He's so. good. All right. Uh if we go undefeated at Nippert this year, how mad are people going to be retrospectively at the Tulane loss last year? If people are still mad about last year, then <laughs> I'm not going to think about last year if yeah, we go it's, it's undefeated what are we doing? at home this year. What are we doing? He's just referencing the the streak, obviously. But sure, I, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. Every new that streak started somewhere. Sucked. That game sucked. But yeah, it was bad. It was bad. I don't. I, I don't think I've thought about it since then. This is the first time I've thought about that game since then. I have nightmares about it. <laughs> That's. That's the football portion of the mailbag and also the basketball portion of the mailbag. Oh, moving, oops, moving right on, around the corner. Moving, <laughs> moving on to the banks portion of the mailbag. Um, I admit I don't follow this aspect fully. Has the current contingent of the Big 12 that beginning next year signed a GOR? I don't know the answer to that. Uh, I believe they signed one with the new – TV deal like that's all part of part of the you know the, the TV deal. deal like everybody agrees when the TV deal is signed that uh that the GOR continues or whatever yeah the grant of rights all right and uh the last question in the mailbag here from skins of course uh almost missed this week rapid fire favorite backyard barbecue food Mm. I'm gonna go cheeseburger, classic. Does that count? Yeah, I mean it's barbecue. Bad. Yeah, backyard barbecue, not like barbecue, like smoked meats, Sauce. like barbecue, oh, okay. like, yeah, yeah. like Labor Day when you're having a barbecue picnic. Yeah, yeah, yeah like picnic, I'm, I'm cheeseburger. Barbecue. I'm cheeseburger We're gang. Grill too. out. It'll be a grill out. Yeah. Burger yeah, gang. Me and Aaron. Let's go. But yeah, I'm with yeah, yeah. burgers. Like I prefer. I like. I don't mind a good like. Broad or a mat or like right. a, I feel like those are fillers though, right? Like you eat those. Dog, right. Like I get a burger and then I also get yeah, like right. a yeah. hot dog to go with it. Yeah. Yeah. But you're not worried, like that's not the focus of your plate. The focus right. of your plate is burger. the burger. Okay. Yeah, I'm not a 
Yeah, I'm not a big You're, hot You know dog what you end guy. up doing in that situation, Aaron? You eat the hot dog like an appetizer. Right? Like, you're like, all right, let me rip this hot dog apart before I tear into this burger. Just just slide that it. glizzy down and then roll yeah. right into the burger. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I mean, uh, I'm burger with you. Cheese. Need the cheeseburger. Absolutely, and, yeah. And, and Aaron, you're a big uh, smash burger guy these days, so. I made them tonight. If you've got a if, if you've got a Blackstone, I'll pl- I'll yeah, take a smash a burger. But uh, don't tonight. try a flat top. Don't try a smash burger on the grill. What about hey? What about sides? Real fast sides for a for a grill out. I thought he said size. <laughs> I'm 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 not certain he didn't. Size. You can't have any burger bigger than four ounces. That's, <laughs> that's the key. Sides. Oh, size. 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 Sides. Sides. <laughs> Uh, barbecue sides like a, a good a good corn on the cob. Okay, love right. a good refreshing corn on the cob. Right, right. Potato salad, coleslaw, pasta I, salad. Look, man, it's if it's hot out, I just don't I don't want potatoes with mayonnaise. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm well, not a potato that's, salad. That's guy. why I'm down. That's why I'm down with the pasta salad, like the cold pasta salad yeah. with the Italian and way better than potato salad. Mm-hmm. Maybe like some watermelon. Ooh, it, it, like, it, like, here's my thing on potato salad. If anybody said it this way, hey, anybody want me to to make some potatoes and put some mayonnaise on them? No, no, I don't want you to do that. <laughs> Chad, have you I, been to Arnold's downtown? Yeah, have yeah. You had their potato salad. No, because I don't good. like potato salad. It's pretty good. Just give it a try. <laughs> I mean, most, I'm, I'm not. Most I'm potato sure salad has potato onions salad. in it, right? Yeah, and Chad's got an onion in it. Doesn't have a Chad's got an onion that. issue, and that's I a whole other thing. Fresh onions, I will throw up. <laughs> Jason, right Jason Salen's bringing the uh, bringing the Polish food full circle. Kielbasa. We, yeah. we talked pierogies earlier. Now he's talking about a good kielbasa, man. I agree, Jason. Here's kielbasa. the problem, Daryl, with ribs. Daryl says ribs. Um, if I'm at your house, I don't know that I trust. Like, I'll try your ribs. I don't know if I trust you. To make ribs to the point that I will pick that over a burger. Right. Ribs are tough, man. Like you, you gotta yeah. be good. To, you, you gotta know your shit to, to get ribs right. Mm. I also prefer them on a smoker to a a grill, personally. Yeah, well, yeah, ribs you have to smoke. Like, don't serve me um, some ribs that have been sitting on your your grill for twenty minutes. Uh, burrito or enchilada. I'm gonna say chimichanga, chimichanga. Throw that burrito I, in a deep fryer. I'm gonna go enchilada, but I prefer hatch green chili, like green enchilada sauce, as opposed to the red traditional red enchilada sauce. I think I'm gonna go enchilada. I mean, it just I feel like burrito is too broad, though. Like, if, well, enchilada is broad if you know what you're doing. Uh, like what's the burrito? What is the burrito? What what is the comparison? Like just like an enchilada is just a burrito with like sauce on it, essentially. But it has like the it's, the kind it's of a the corn sauce tortilla inside of it, kind of you know. It's almost like a some enchiladas. No, it like has sauce on top of it. Enchiladas have sauce okay. on top. I've yeah, had some that a- kind of have like a a creamy filling with the chicken almost. Yeah, I mean, you I can mix the chicken into it, like, yeah. but that's not a real, that's an American enchilada. Yeah, yeah, I got you. You think Give there's me. Mexicans that are like, let's put some cream cheese in the enchilada? <laughs> no. no, that's not 
that's not how they do shit. <laughs> Clip that. No, no, no. It's one time every show. I did that in a Texas accent. Like, that was Tex-Mex. All right. Kick saving a butte. All right. Chewies. That was... Oh, mole sauce now. You, I'll mess with a good mole sauce, Jeffrey. Brent, what you got on uh, burrito or enchilada? I mean, if I'm going to Taco Bell, give me burritos. But if I'm going to a Mexican restaurant, I'd, I'd go the enchilada route. All right. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson or Bill Nye? I'm out Bill on Nye. both of them. They're so full yeah, of shit. Yeah, I don't really like either, but I'll yeah. get Bill Nye. They're both like the biggest cornballs ever. Uh, but I'm going yeah. Tyson, but I'm starting to I'm starting to get out on him lately. He's just Yeah, I don't yeah. like either, really. Uh, they're they're just trying to con me into these these discussions. I see what you're doing, skins. Yeah, he's trying to get you on the, the put your, your aluminum hat on. I'm not doing it. I mean I lost respect for Tyson in the last like two years. I used to really like him. But then that, I, I grew up like when I was a kid, Bill Nye the science guy was like a thing. Like that was yeah, yeah, and then he then he turned into like this puppet, and I was like, now he's kind of come yeah. back to being the normal one compared to Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, so they're both fucking weird. <laughs> Completely lost Jason, their way. Jason says he's a Stephen Hawking guy. I well, agree. He's no longer with us. Uh, Brent, you know, what, what you got? You know, I I will only say one thing because I don't really get into this crazy stuff, but. uh there was science. no there was no greater thrill than when you would walk into science class back in you know fifth grade, fourth grade, and you just saw the TV there and you knew we're about to watch a little Bill Nye the science guy. <laughs> so I'll go Bill, I'll go Bill, Bill Nye. Bill, 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 Bill. Science rules. Science rules. So um, follow-up question. If you ran a food truck. What theme or food style would it have? Chad, we'll start with you because I know you've given this thought and you're not going to have to think about this one. Sandwiches. Like a mix of like Philly cheesesteak, Cuban, Italian, like the world's Simple. famous sandwiches I would serve out of my food truck. Great would idea. they have sandwiches around the world? Would they have they chips on them or would they just be sandwiches? Just sandwiches. I don't okay. – I, I mean – like if you want well, chips with them, you can put look, the chips some, on yourself. Some people, some people do the sand chip, which I'm just saying. No, but I'm talking the classics, Aaron. I'm talking like, like an Italian sub, uh, a, a Cuban right, with right. authentic pressed Cuban bread. Like so, know, no, the, no cold whatsoever. No, 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 no cold. They, I, th- I don't think there's a, a like a, a cold sandwich that the club maybe like the Amer- like. I guess a club you could. Yeah, or a Reuben. That's a hot one, though. Reubens are generally hot. Yeah, my bad. So, yeah. um, What is it? What is the one of the cold deli ones? What am I thinking of? A cold cut trio. Pastrami. A pastrami sandwich, yeah. Yeah. You can have hot or cold pastrami. A a a muffaletta. That's that's normally cold. Um, Yeah. Aaron, what are you doing? Food truck wise, I'd probably go some type of Tex Mex. That's my favorite thing to make on the uh, on the Blackstone, just because okay. it's the easiest. Generally speaking, like ingredients are easy to make, uh, sauces are easy to make in bulk. Like you can make them in a blender, and they hold for 
a week and everybody loves them so they go quick yeah. um that that kind of stuff um but that's that's probably here's, what I would do. here's the problem there <laughs> no 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 i Here love the go. idea here's but here's he the problem with in. that. He flew in for this. There's, <laughs> there's actual people from Mexico that have taco and like food trucks that are. Look, I'm never opening it's the a, best Mexican food. I'm also never opening up a food truck. They just asked a question. Okay. And I answered. Fair. I'm just saying, like, if, like you got to, you got to in your business plan. Did. You have to assume the best tacos I've ever had have come <laughs> from taco trucks, and I didn't see anybody look like you that worked there. Look, I'm I'm mostly I'm mostly German as my background, and I I think I'd rank German food as maybe like my eighth really favorite. favorite. <laughs> so I don't know what you want from me here. Uh. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Chad, but I might take a couple sandwiches off the menu to replace it with like one or two burgers, like smash burgers. Okay, because I think you, you you'll have that hot like the hot grill. Yeah. Um, the flat girl, you can use it for smash burgers and chop up all those sandwiches. Well, here's the thing nice. like about uh, most of those sandwiches is the food has to be done in advance. Yeah. Like if you do a Cuban, you have to have that done. Like if you do like the pork has to already be done. If you do an Italian, you might heat them up, but the meat's already cured and smoked and cut. Right. Yeah. So you, it, your grill would be potentially open and yeah. ultimately a burger is the great american sandwich mm -hmm. yeah um yeah you're it. chad have you ever had a chopped cheese oh yeah what is They're your compare what is your like dilemma on them versus the cheese steak the philly cheese i mean it's ground beef instead of ribeye like sliced yeah. ribeye yeah. so it's completely different like like a completely different method to the madness because mm -hmm. it's New York Plus, versus Philly. Yeah, the other thing is like with the chopped cheese, like they, they don't like the bread is what makes a Philly cheese. If you've had a real Philly cheesesteak, that bread is maybe my favorite bread in the world. What's your favorite Philly? Mm. Locally, there's not any. There's nothing any anything worth. <laughs> There's nothing that compares to like a Philly. Like I, I yeah. I mean, I go to uh, Penn Station. Like uh, the Penn Station in Kenwood is outstanding. I don't like most Penn Stations. You guys have Station a Capriati's there? No, they've got a good Philly. There, there's. I mean, Jersey Mike's has an okay. Like it's it's right. solid. Right. But the problem here is you 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 can't get the bread. Yeah. Nobody yeah. has the bread, and it, like if you've been to Philly, it's the bread that that makes it. Mm -hmm. Because it's got just that little bit of like crunch on top, but it's so soft. Kind of like Penn all Station. the grease from the steak, huh? Is it like I Penn Station? I feel like tries to do that a little bit. They try, but it's yeah. not yeah. the same. It's not. Yeah. They don't. You know, they're pretending. It's a Cincinnati company. The, oh, I didn't you know, know that. Penn, oh yeah, Penn Station's a Cincinnati company. Wow. You thought it was from Philly? I thought it was. I thought it was formed in Penn Station itself. They Cincinnati. say they're East Coast subs. Maybe it was on the East Coast. Mm. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. <laughs> you know everything about food, Chad. I I know a lot about food, right? You the foodie. Like, like a a food side gig. It's the foodie. Uh, yes. I tried to drag my daughter into a food side gig that I think if 
she would have uh, participated and been willing by now, we would be running a like Dude, million TikTok? follower TikTok channel. Yes, TikTok. It had some traction. Is, it's it had traction very... right away. It's called Brendel's Bites. We even did yeah. an episode with Brady Collins at Midwest Barbecue up in. That's where I got the chicken parm Over. from, sandwich from you from um, what the the closed down place. Yeah, Bread Bar. Bread Bar, yeah. All right, Brent, what you got on this food truck? And then we'll get Hey, you know here. what? I, I'd probably do some sort of alcohol, I think. I, I don't know. <laughs> That's not how food trucks work, bro. You can't uh, just drive around with a truck full of booze. Like, that's not how Is that a thing? Works, Can man. you do that? Like a, a no. bar? There are state regulations against that in every state in the union. Um, he's he's out, out here running an ice cream truck selling weed out the back. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Uh, I mean, shoot, dude. I don't know. You got Smokey's money. Pizza by pizza by the slice. I don't know. I'm a good baker. Maybe some sweets. I don't know. But because you're gonna run an ice cream truck, aren't you? Because <laughs> I'm I'm trying to shy away because because I love the sandwich idea because I love sandwiches and yeah, I'm a sandwich guy. That's something like, I, to, I love to, to really hop on. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe pizza, but like I feel like that'd be kind of hard. God, yeah. I know. can't. Picture him in some type of good humor apron now. <laughs> Just no smiling. So, kids, how are we? <laughs> how are we? No, it, 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 was, it was funny. There's this there's this place called Bub's Burgers and Ice Cream, and uh, I I was a server there in college, and they had like a little ice cream parlor thing, and I had to work some ice cream shifts, so. I I would be serving ice cream to the uh, to the. How Facebook. are we? <laughs> I'm here for it. Brett, get us Worked out of out. here, man. All so right. I need you to send me a sandwich list. Oh, I like. like okay. I'm obsessed with this right now. There we I go. Love sandwiches. Like I, I love sandwiches. <laughs> Rory's just gonna be hammering sandwiches left and right. <laughs> Please. Can't wait. Can't wait. Um. All right, guys. Anything else before we shut this one down? Beat Pit. Eat huge, shit pit. Huge game. Huge, huge. game. Huge I eat game. Caroline. Eat ah, shit ah, pit. Ah, ooh. Ooh. Well, it's a massive game this Saturday. Obviously, we are going to continue to dive in completely we'll on crush it all week at Bearcat Journal. All week. Audio all content, week. video content, written content, short form content, long form content. Oh wait, I had one question since we skipped over my question thing. I think it's a good one. Make it quick though. Yeah. Emory Jones over under 75% of this past week's production versus Pitt. Under. Under. That's a really good deep. You're gonna have to grind this game out. Okay. I could see him going 250 and two tuts, and then a little bit more with his legs. Yeah, I mean, I think he's I think he's he'll have a good game, but this was like this was he had one of the five or ten best quarterback days in the entire country. Right. Like Pitt's defense he, isn't gonna allow that. If well, he goes if he hits seventy six percent, we win. So well and I, yeah. Well and also I think this is gonna be the first game that Bearcat fans see the, the new clock change effect. Yeah. And did I tell you what the people were asking for, Brent? They want you to write the content that you used to write, and then instead of publishing it, read it uh, on the show as a reaction to your 400-word uh, paragraph 
on the prediction article. Okay. I'm not sure what that means, but there we go. Dude, everybody wrote a paragraph. You wrote 400 words. Hey, it was good. If you reread it, it was pretty damn good. I'm going to say over on Emory Jones, Ryan, because I until, I have, until I haven't seen it, show me you can't do it. Oh, yeah. Emory for Heisman. Love him. Gosh, love it. Love it. Bearcat football's back. Huge game this weekend, though. Huge game on the CW, if you are not there in person. Uh, Holy Grail. Head to the Holy Grail to watch it if you're staying in Cincy, if you're heading to the Arkashire, whatever it's called. The, I feel the, okay. The OK yeah. Shore, the OK Shore Field, Aquasure okay, Stadium, okay, sure. uh, six thirty p.m. kickoff, massive, massive game, but a, a huge it's, opening it's win. It's eight points better than Cincinnati. OK Shore <laughs> at the OK Shore Stadium. Uh, Emory hey. Jones, seventy-six percent. OK Sure. <laughs> OK Sure. I'll take the over. I'll take the over. OK Sure. Uh, but yeah, um, massive game, big win, week one, but. Uh, from my guys, my pals, my uh, partners, big thanks, big shouts, of course, on home field to Danco Transmission and Out of Care, to Quick Paper Supply. Uh, love all you guys. But uh, for Aaron Smith, Chad Brendel, Ryan Royer, I am Brent Young. Yet again, another fantastic BBP presented by BearcatJournal.com. See ya.